coming to you from deep in the flyover states. We review No Way Out 2000. This is the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast. Welcome to the show. This is the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast, episode 213. I'm DP. And I'm Tony G. DP this week for the people. Can you believe it, folks? WWF No Way Out 2000. Yeah. Um, a personal favorite of mine. A request by a fan of the show. His name is Sean. I know nothing else about him. Okay. All right, yeah, so Sean, a big thanks to him for the, the request. I, I, I was thinking when I was watching this show, it felt it feels like the WWF is, uh, they've got about a 30-point lead in the fourth quarter, and they're just dribbling out the clock on WCW here. Uh, it's, <laughs> can you even believe that WCW still exists when you're watching this? Seriously. You're just like, what are they doing over there? Like, it's just... <laughs> Spoiler, nothing good. Nothing well, good. Well, yeah, no, yeah, nothing good. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Actually, I think he's at home at this point. He's not even working there. He's already been sent home, so. Oh, yeah, goodness. Anyway. Well, the reason we are discussing No Way Out 2000 is because it's a request and because this is a wrestling review podcast. Each week, Tony and I get together. We discuss a wrestling event that we agreed to watch, agreed to watch the previous week. It's the Oprah's Book Club for Wrestling Nerds. For any and all information about the show, links to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, or Stitcher, you can check out goldenagepodcast.com. And it's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. But if you check would like to express yourself further or send us an email, you can send it to goldenagegrappling at gmail.com. Yes, yes, please do those things. Yeah, and if you've got a show like No Way Out 2000 that you've recently watched and decided, I need to hear someone discuss this, send it our way. We do take requests as long as they're readily available somewhere we can watch them for, you know, a reasonable price. Like the WWE Network's nine. Well, you you ain't getting the WWE Network for free, so... Oh, at this point, though, it's I don't even think about it, so it might as well be. <laughs> it just comes out of the old account, and I don't even look at it. Well, Tony... Best that, best that way. We've been away for a little while with some equipment issues, but now we're back, and I'm hoping the equipment is much better this time around. But before we can head back to the turn of the millennium, to No Way Out of 2000, it's time to get a taste of the wrestling world in the early 2020s with mm. the Sid Vicious Dishes. That board with this look on my face. It was something that was given to me because of people like you. See, he's going to stereotype me. It's the big dumb guy. And I have half the brain that you do. My disposition is not something I was born with. It's something I was acquired because people like you. <laughs> because you are feared of me. For all the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Hal. Sorry. All right, Tony, what do we got? We're going to do this again, DP. Oh, yeah? I don't know what that means. But anyway, we're going to talk about (laughs) AEW Revolution. I was going to say... They use that, like... Yeah. How dare you disgrace World Wrestling All-Stars <laughs> by stealing the name of, you know, I'm sure one of the finest shows in wrestling history. Oh, goodness. Yeah, no, it, when you said we're going to do it again, that's what I thought you meant. It's like we're reviewing <laughs> Revolution a second time here because <laughs> we've already talked about the XWA's Revolution, but 
How dare you? But Tony, you mentioned Revolution AEW. What what were you gonna bring up here? <laughs> what am I gonna bring up here? Well, I don't know. I mean, how about the show itself? Um, <laughs> uh, I didn't know if you wanted to discuss things yeah, about for sure. this. There was a lot of good stuff on this show, man. Like, I really, really enjoyed myself watching this this pay per view they put together. No, the pay per view, you know, um, didn't really have, you know, wart on it, as you might say, from top to bottom. Um, they've done a good job of, you know, basically having solid storylines behind every match on the card for the most part outside of maybe uh nyla rose and chris statlander which i mean the story is that they've both been like you know two of the more successful women in the division so they're (laughs) fighting but other than that nothing much there um but yeah i mean just running through things at least from what i saw i did actually see the uh the dark order and the scu match you've seen uh, more than i have the buy-in special, well, and less at the same time, as we'll find <laughs> out. Um, but again, I'm, you know, I don't know if this should be on the pre-show, just from the standpoint of how like important this storyline has been. Yeah, especially because there were developments involving Christopher Daniels kind of officially renouncing the Dark Order and you know he's SCU for life or whatever. Yeah, um, it was good, you know, and it was a solid match. So I continue to be a, a fan of the Dark Order, and I hope for its success. Um, you know, and I think things have gotten a lot better recently. And S- the feud with SCU definitely helped take things a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're not wrong there. I think that, you know, kind of taking it away from the the main event and just making it like a side story a little bit for, for some time helps out a little bit as far as like right. people's acceptance of some of the weirder elements of it and kind of like getting to know the characters and stuff. Because like, obviously they had this match and then on Dynamite the next week, we actually got like a very angry evil Uno like proclaiming that you know you're you're gonna get yours you're gonna pay when, yeah. when he finally does show like he was it was just a different side of uno that we've not seen you know not a not a very you know calculated and kind of distant uno right and there's still no like you know timetable on when mm-hmm. this happens True. You know what i mean like i obviously everybody has their opinions out there and we'll see how things shake out um yeah you know but it's it's certainly interesting i mean i think it's you know that it's that's going to be the biggest issue, though, is like when it's finally revealed, basically, regardless of who it is, it will be shit on. Maybe. I mean, it's not going to be, I would hope, it's not going to be a, a, a party shop tarantula, but um, <laughs> right. you know, because it just feels like, you know, we've got two different shows doing these big, long reveals here. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I think that you, you're probably right. There's going to be a certain portion of the crowd that's going to shit on it regardless. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And there's going to be a certain portion that even if it is really shitty, if they make the worst possible decision that will defend it like it is the best thing, and then they will just what about your WWE the entire way home until the next show. Exactly. So more to come, folks. Um, and then a match that could only be something that AEW fans would get excited for. Jack Swagger and Goldust took, one, <laughs> took each other on. I'm sorry, Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. It just, again, it just cracks me up, though, like, the level of excitement for something that if WWE had this match, like opening elimination chamber tomorrow, the whole world would be like, Oh God, well, like get this out of here. If, if the WWE hadn't built them for a year, you know, into characters yeah. that we, you know, care about a little bit here where, you know, I feel like that's where, you know, there's some of that where it's like, you know, WWE just refuses to put in the hard work over the right. long time to do these kinds of things. Like, 
if if you know if AEW had just ignored these two characters since the last you know since we saw Dustin lose, you uh-huh. know then then it wouldn't have been that way. People wouldn't have cared. But they've put in a lot of work to try to make us care about these guys. And goddamn it, somehow they got me to give a shit about you know like you said, Gold Dust versus Jack Swagger. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Jake Hager gets the win in a uh, solid matchup. The Jake Hager's wife stuff was kind of like, <laughs> where'd it come guys, from? If, if you guys had just maybe brought his wife up one time over the course of the last three weeks on TV, like, I don't know, just heavy. Yeah. Oh, have him kiss her in the front row. Literally all you had to do one time mm-hmm. leading up to this show. So then there would at least be some reason why he's freaking deep throat kissing his wife at ringside <laughs> before this match starts. I yeah. am. There are a few things that make me more uncomfortable than public displays of affection. And especially <laughs> to that level. Like I think if you go back and pay attention look at to it, it cuz you didn't look at it and so you right. think that it's worse than it was cuz if you watch them closely like I was curious about this because it is one of those things where it's like it's, it's right. you know if they're going to go for it then go for it and they didn't they did like right. a TV kiss where like there's never any tongues happening they just wide mouth kiss Are you trying kiss. to tell me that that might not be his real wife No I'm just saying that when you say down her throat then nothing entered right. her mouth even though that was what they wanted you to feel like happened there, there, there was like species style. Like you can see her tongue like coming out of his throat. It was so far down there. Um, oh. yeah. Anyway, solid stuff there. Uh, more solid stuff. Two it, of the better. Yes. Did it affect you at all when they did the Dustin Rhodes kissing her thing? Right. right that's what I mean. That's why I'm bringing up. No, it's like I. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like good guy or bad guy. It's like, why are you kissing that guy's wife? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like again, because there's nothing behind it you're just like well that's kind of a dick move you know what i mean like <laughs> i don't care how nice you are if you're tom hanks if you like walk up and start making out with my wife i'm not going to be like happy about it you know I'm, I'm yeah we're gonna have to probably fight that's kind of the reaction that i've heard from a lot of people is just like you know obviously it was it was over at the crowd there the live crowd right. like got into it for some reason yeah. but because well, she's at, not even a valet, you know? Yeah, because that's like people at home are just like, I mean, it's just like you said we've just been introduced to this person <laughs> right. yeah she was kind of dickish and she was you know yeah. being an asshole but because we've all seen the spot a hundred times where like the valet's up on the apron like yelling at the yeah, yeah. good guy and then he just walks over and kisses her you know not anymore obviously because now yeah. like that would you can't force kiss it's not not right. allowed <laughs> right now as soon as I was like not talking about that like thing. you know what that's <laughs> not allowed anymore yeah no and that's that's why I've, I feel like that's why most people have reacted that way to it right it just when I was watching it it just blew me away how over it was for the crowd like when that pop happened I was like dude he just got people to cheer for a force kiss like in 2020. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. SVU's doing Kiss- a Me Too yeah. fucking week. <laughs> right. Kiss that lady that don't know you, Dustin. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, two of the better developed stars since the inception of Dynamite. Darby Allen gets the win over Sammy Guevara. Uh, Sammy Guevara is going to die if he doesn't stop <laughs> trying to kill himself every time he's on television or pay-per-view. I mean, he, he sells some shit, man. Like, that dude... And, and then did you see... Darby Allen visit with Travis Pastrana. Yeah. See any of those videos? Yeah. Jesus Christ. What? Get some kind of medical clause oh. in that man's contract that it is void when he breaks his back one of these days you, doing that kind of shit. You can jump into a pile of, of foam. That's fine. That, that If that happened all the time, I feel like I'd have seen a video. Like, that was insane, <laughs> man. Like, I know it's a foam pile, but still, that is just terrifying. Oh, no, you're not wrong there. It was def- I'm sure it was an absolute adrenaline rush, but... Whew. 
My Goodness. God. No, I, I liked this match. I thought that it was, you know, it wasn't super long. It didn't outstay its welcome. They kind of, they got in, right. they did some stuff, and they, they continued the story. And I don't feel like this is the end of these two. No. No, it was only like a five-minute match. So, lots to come here. And then, I mean, do we want to come back to it? Let's just do it now. The greatest tag team match of all time, DP. No, I'm just joking. It might be, but yeah. that, of course, had to be the narrative this week, and then everybody had to like shout at each other on social media about it. But Kenny <laughs> just... Omega and Adam Page successfully defending their tag team titles against Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Listen, I try. You try not to be the prisoner of the moment, yeah, all the time with things like this. You know, like yeah, I'll say this: it is the best tag team match that I've seen in a long time. You know, For what I mean? sure. like yeah. I, I I haven't sat down and compared it to every other tag team match I've ever liked in my life, but mm-hmm. as of right now, I would comfortably say that it's the best tag team match I've seen in a long while. Dude, this match was one of those that like I was kind of looking forward to it. They did a great job with the hype video. They right. did a good job the week before with that JR sit down, which really built into it. And I thought that video like really told the story perfectly well. Mm-hmm. So then when you go from that video, and then the Young Bucks do their you know their usual entrance, whatever. But man, when fucking Hangman came out and he was going face to face with them, like, yeah, I like Dude. my fucking blood like just got up, like I was ready yeah. to go for this match, and it just they didn't back down after that, and they yeah. kept telling the story, and it was I fucking loved this match, like it was that's oh, what I'm so mad about having lost my notes because this is what I wrote mostly about was this match, like just my feelings on this match and how much I enjoyed this match, and then like you said, the rest of the world had to lose their shit because Dave Meltzer made an opinion statement, um, right. but. But as far as just the match and my personal like viewing of it, I think this is some of the best wrestling that there is to be to be seen right now. Like th- these guys put on a hell of a fucking show. It was a near perfect match. I would have again. I don't go over five because I'm not qualified mm-hmm. to. I no, I put in my notes degree. five legitimate stars is what yeah. I put. In, like, but it's every, it was every bit of five stars for sure. You know, no doubt about yeah. that. Um. And the story was amazing. This, this is what's upsetting. And I, again, I, I've blocked most of them. I try not to go down those paths. But this is what's so upsetting about you know your cult of Cornette folks, your just old school mm-hmm. wrestling fans that at this point aren't even watching this stuff. And they're just you know they running on clips. whatever they hear or see. Yeah. Because Jim Cornette in his heart of hearts can't watch this match <laughs> and not tell me if knowing anything about the backstory. You know, just watching the hype video and this match. Yeah. He cannot look anyone in the eye and tell me that this is not a, at least can t- not tell me it's a damn good tag team match. Yeah. Yep. From a storytelling standpoint, it was all there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It had its high spots, but it was also a beautifully told story. As good as anything I can think of outside of New Japan in a long time, you know? And usually it's these kinds of stories when they are trying to do that, like, you know, the facial expressions after things happen and like the way that like people interact with each other. That's always the stuff that a lot of people sometimes whenever they try to do these things. Like I remember when Gargano and somebody had a match. Cole, I think it was their second match. People were yeah. saying that it was too over the top with the way they were doing those kinds of things. And I can understand some of that. Sometimes wrestlers right. get hammy with their acting. But I thought for guys that usually are kind of hammy with their acting, they pulled this off so well. Like I bought into this, like just all of the back and forth, the way that like Matt lost his cool and then Nick had to yep. stop him. And then like, you know, fucking Omega had to stop hangman from some of that stuff. And then to learn afterwards that goddamn Kenny Omega had a torn labrum going into the match and knew about it and wrestled that whole thing injured is just amazing to me. Well, yeah, absolutely amazing. And then, I mean, even just the little touches after the match when you had, 
Page on the apron, mm-hmm. looking like he might do a buckshot lariat to Omega, dude. You know, and when Omega turns around, he just gives him like the thumbs up or whatever. You know, yeah. but it was good stuff. Like that was great. I don't know if you noticed though, but like they did a whole thing there where like after it was over, they're all standing around. The Bucks are kind of like doing their half congratulations thing, but right. the positions that they stood in at one point looked like they were going to double super kick the two the winners. Yes. Yeah. Then. Kenny, after shaking their hand, kind of positioned himself to where it looked like they might do a triple super kick to Hangman Adam Page. Yep. And then they left, and as they were leaving, that's when Hangman goes out on the apron. I was just like, Jesus. Like, they had, like, multiple moments where I was like, oh, my God, everyone's going to turn. Yeah. Like, but no. No, it was – yeah, no, it was great. It was absolutely great. Can't say enough good things about it. Totally yeah. worth, um, you know, your time. Uh, Nyla Rose beat Chris Statlander in a match, you know. Yeah. Like I sent you it's that un- text. This felt so much. You know, this... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's unfortunate that this is the handling of their only women's match on the pay-per-view for one thing. And it's certainly their title match of all things, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good spot on the card being right after that no. tag match. And that's what I felt like when I, you know, I've been listening to a lot of JR's podcast and he loves talking about, you know, let me up matches. You got to have your let me up match. And it's like that felt like that. Unfortunately, that's what they did with that match. And it's like, I would have liked a bigger thing for those two in their title match, but maybe that's something that's going to be down the road. I don't know. I mean, listen, there's no beating around the bush. That's the piss break match. They booked, they yep. put the women's title in the absolute piss break match. Like, I'm not saying you had to go, <laughs> yeah. but they damn well knew. Like, after that tag match, and then after that, you had MJF and Cody, you know, Hawk yeah. and Cassidy, and the main event. So yeah. you tell me, you know. No, you're not wrong. That's that's exactly what it was. So, and unfortunately, these ladies didn't really have much of a build. I mean, Ny- Nyla's been doing a good job of establishing herself as a beast, and, you know, Statlander, what's not to like about her? So She's been doing it, great on Dark. Like, I've really enjoyed her matches that she's been having. Yeah. Um, and I thought this wasn't like a terrible match. It just, they had, it was, it was fine. Like I'd mm-hmm. sent you that text. It was fine until like the last minute 30. And then they yeah. had the botch on the top rope and then the finish wasn't all that great. Cause they couldn't get her up at the end. And so, yeah. but it was just, uh, that was the way the match was ending. So it was yeah. what it was. And I just kind of very quickly moved on in my mind. <laughs> yeah. And we'll move on right now. MJF beat Cody. Rhodes. Yes, sir. Whew. Man. That was <laughs> that's absolutely what you had to do, but it didn't make it hurt any less. Yeah, like that's true. There was no other way to do this, but it doesn't mean I had to be happy about it, you know, like <laughs> cuz Cody has decided that he's going to be that guy. Like he's going to fall on the sword and mm-hmm. go to war with the new big bad guy every time like he is this is his superhero show and he will be playing the role of the hero taking on the monthly baddie that's come I mean, to town you might you might be right there i hadn't thought about that Because then he just moves on you know what i mean like he just yeah. that's well, it he's been like, forced he's, to move on because i know but i'm just saying like up, it's but... you know he just has these like big kind of built-up fights like and then he just like sean spears oh my god was like the biggest threat to Cody Rhodes, and then he beats him, and now Sean Spears is like on dark asking for a tag team partner. <laughs> well, I don't expect MJF to to be featured on dark for the foreseeable future now, but yeah, yeah no, I think that you you had to do it, like you said. This was a match that I ca- I kind of felt a little bit let down in, just and I don't, it's probably because I was still coming down off that tag match, right. that 
that in, and then the build that they had for this match. That's the reason I, I feel like you have to move on right away with Cody because you mm-hmm. did so oh, much yeah. just to get to this match that you couldn't go back to another. It wouldn't make any sense for MJF to give him any chance to have another match no. in any time soon. So that's the other thing about Cody, though. Like at this point, like he lost a match and now he can't challenge for a title ever again. And then he loses another match. And it's like, well, you can't ever fight that guy again, at least not for a long time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's just like the door closes behind him after feuds. It's just mm-hmm. interesting. Definitely. Um, and then, man, listen, match of the night, just from a standpoint that I don't know if I've had as much fun watching a wrestling match <laughs> as I did watching Pac beat Orange Cassidy. And not yeah. like I was happy to watch him lose. But that's just what happened. I'm just describing no, you're that. Dude, this was awesome. It was, it couldn't have been better. It's the only thing about this is that the Orange Cassidy Pringles can has been open, DP. <laughs> and, you know, listen, it was awesome. And man, did those taste delicious. But you put that can up there, and then a week from now, ah, those chips aren't as good. It's not, doesn't quite, doesn't quite mean Maybe. as much. I'm not quite as happy about this. Like, I'm not saying that it's not going to still, I'm, I'm just, I, there is, I, I don't know. You can't do this at every, you can't do this every month. Yeah. You can't really do this on TV. But at the same time, you, you almost, you know what I mean? Like, it's odd that you have something that's so hot. But yet, if you capitalize on it, you will absolutely kill it. You know, <laughs> probably, yeah. Squeezing, you know, squeezing the puppies too hard. You know, like you just yeah. killed the damn thing. No, you're not wrong there. Um, but I just because so I watched this and I loved it. It was a lot of fun. It was really fun. Oh, yeah. Like when it's amazing the moment when it. Orange Cassidy is breaking after rolling across the ring for the <laughs> second time. Like so good. Like and the fans are chanting, "This is wrestling!" Like that was uh, hilarious. It was awesome, but. The thing that I listen since then, I was listening to the We Watch Wrestling podcast. Those two guys both have wives, and uh, somehow they both had the same experience watching this show. Neither of their okay. wives like wrestling. They've okay. tried to watch wrestling. They've they've tried to like it. They've tried all different kinds, and they never yeah. like it. And they said that most of the time they ignore it as well. Like he said that uh, one guy was like, you know, my wife went to bed. She was going right. on to bed. I told her, you know, please sit down and watch some of this show. This is a great show. Whatever. He had just watched the tag match, so he's like, you know, yeah. you got to sit down and watch this. Um, but then he sent her a video of orange Cassidy during that match. And like, all of a sudden he said, like, she showed up from the bedroom, like, wait, he keeps his hands in his pockets and then like walked out and like started watching the whole thing. And like both of their wives, like just came away, like loving that, that moment of the show and not really caring about anything else. But it's just, like, it's one of those things where it's so unique and so mm-hmm. different that I wonder if the, it might just be. You know, this is just something they can use to, you know, expand their audience a little bit and get a little bit more people to maybe tune in if they see these clips online, you know? Yeah, Orange Cassidy, in my opinion, is their best weapon when it comes to views and social media yeah. interest. Because this can be shared by anybody as just like, check this out, you know, or like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those videos that like, could you know if it gets in the right places it can be seen by people that don't pay any attention to wrestling like it has yes. that kind of a, a broad appeal if it catches the right kind of momentum you know mm-hmm. and it has it's it's percolated you know and i just i i, I don't i'm not saying like that's the only reason that you do anything with the guy i'm just saying that's like one of the best things about him is like those yeah. videos are universally funny whether you're a wrestling fan or not for sure it'll be interesting to see how they go from here though like you said the pringles yeah. can is open <laughs> getting stale um, and then the main event, Gian Moxley, uh, defeated Chris Jericho. 
mm-hmm. to become the second AEW world champion and the youngest. <laughs> I guess I guess that's true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I hadn't thought about mm-hmm. that. Um yeah, no, this was uh I thought this was a really good match as well. This I, I enjoyed these two working together. I thought that they yeah. did a good job and uh I loved the the eye thing. I loved the eye thing because mainly how upset Jericho was about it the next week on Dynamite. Yes. Well, that was good about it. I will say it was a bit of shit, though, like when he's outside and there's like blood kind of coming out from underneath it mm-hmm. and he's like adjusting it. Like, I don't know. At times it just looked it was good that it got revealed that it wasn't hurt because yeah. at that moment that was kind of like, oh, that was bad. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, the blood was coming from the cut above his eye. Yeah, but he had like some stuff underneath his eye that I don't know how I felt like it didn't seem like oh, it was okay. legit. I don't know. It was just. You could totally catch for a moment there, like, oh, that eye's fine. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. He, like, got lifted up. But, yeah. No, the match was, you know, damn good. You know, these two guys, you know, working their asses off. I love um, that all the – every basically every time that someone interfered, they hit the not injured – the you know, the, the one that they thought was going to be the only, the last one. They would always go after right. that right eye, like, every single time. Yeah. Yeah, no, Moxley was great. You know, he had to overcome a lot of, you know, odds and not, you know. Yeah. It was one of those things I didn't think it was going to happen. And I think that the surprise also increased my enjoyment of it because it just seemed like, you know, they've done such a good job of establishing this Jericho championship that why not just ride it for a little bit longer. But also at the same time, I see the the argument in going this way. Like you've got probably the hottest baby face other than Orange Cassidy on in wrestling right now. And so (laughs) why not put the strap on him? Well, I kind of looked at it like this, too. If you just think about it from the standpoint of like since Jericho's been champion, and you look at the number of baby faces that they've kind of established and gotten over to some extent from, you know, a Darby Allen, you know, mm-hmm. even a jungle boy that had, you know, his oh, encounters yeah. with him. And, you know, so they've almost, they've done a pretty good job of like, you know, developing some baby faces. And so now I think, you know, the theory might be to let Moxley, hadn't thought about take, that. you know, take on some Sammy Guevara's yeah. and Kip Sabians or something like that. You know, I don't know, but just, now maybe swing the bat the other way and try to develop a couple of new heels. Like that's, I think him and good idea. Havoc, him and Havoc is something that I would like to see, but I'd also like mm-hmm. to see it matter and, you know, <laughs> Havoc yeah. get, cause I mean, I don't want to just see it on, you know, TV and it's just, I want to see a good build here because Jimmy Havoc is on that short list of people that have been wildly underutilized so far. So, I mean, I, I am in agreement with you about Jimmy Havoc, but it seems like he is an extremely polarizing figure yeah. As far as the internet wrestling community, like there are a lot of people that are just like perfectly happy well, that he has disappeared after the stapler organizations. Who who isn't polarizing on social media nowadays <laughs> as far as a wrestler goes? Um, and one last thing before we move on, because it's, this is the vicious dish, damn it. And I'm going to get this out. Where do you stand on the Judas sing along thing? Dude, I have been saying since the beginning, it's fine if it's organic, but they Jericho will won't let it be that way. Like the week oh, after the fucking ship. He's standing around, not sitting down at the announce table, so that way we can get to that point in the song. Yep. And then here yep. we go again. He's just standing around, waiting to talk to John Moxley, and it's just like we're all just standing there watching it. And it's like well, everyone knows what's happening. We're waiting to this one point, and it just yep. makes it so fucking forced. It feels forced yep. to me. And everyone else is like, "No, man, they're doing it so <laughs> organically and and just making it <laughs> subtle." It's like this isn't the least but yeah. things. That, none, none of this is subtle. Yeah. What's so funny about it is you're right. Like Chris Jericho has driven this ship himself almost. Yes. And then you see, guess what, folks? It's like number two on like the downloads or whatever, and whatever <laughs> some category. Like it's, you know, it's re-entered the charts somehow because of this little swing. So of course oh. he's thrilled about it. 
my issue is like I'm not saying that it isn't like a cool thing. And yeah. I don't know when you're in the crowd, something like that's fun to do. Mm-hmm. But again, I just I just have enough of an old school like bone in my body, I guess that it just bugs me that he is also supposed to be the biggest heel in the company, and we all sing along with his theme song. You know, <laughs> well. I, I was seeing it as a as a Kaze Ninare sort of thing with like Suzuki. Well, yeah. But with if you're gonna do that, then my thought is you need to edit and come up with a shorter version that gets to that damn chorus faster. Like, right. Get yeah. to that part of the song faster, so that way we can all do this little thing, and that way you you don't have to stand around for a minute plus on the stage not talking into a microphone. <laughs> you're not wrong. I just if you go back in our archives, I'm pretty sure we both at one time or another considered this as a bit of a corny entrance theme when he first started using it yeah. in New Japan. Yeah. And to see like where it is today, it's like, well, guess we got outvoted on that one. Like, you know, <laughs> no, I knew that. I knew I was outvoted from the moment that Jason Strong told me, no, my right. wife loves that song. I'm like, fuck, exactly. the rest of the world's going to love this song too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, oh. Anyway, it happened. But yeah, really great show. Um, you know, it's, it's the kind of pay-per-view that I think has done a lot of good in building a lot of interest moving forward, which is always something you should do with a show like that. You know, mm-hmm. it should be the blow off to feuds. And if you look at this pay-per-view from top to bottom, you know, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to come right back to any, to much of this, you know? Yeah. Like things felt finale. Like there was a finale to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, where everything's going as far as all that goes. And I thought that the next week on, you know, dynamite was good too with the, we talked about it in the current wrestling. If you want to listen like the, especially Jake, the snake, uh, yeah. I love that turn of uh, of a uh, excitement. Yes, awesome stuff. Yeah, we don't want to spend too much more time on that, but yeah, I mean, sure. go out of your way to at least check out that clip of Jake Roberts. The stuff with Cody was outstanding, and mm-hmm. again, we're now. I'll just end with this: we're anticipating an appearance. Like it's one of those like great things in wrestling that WWE <laughs> doesn't do often enough because they can't help but promote things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like AEW can be like, "Hey guys, Matt Hardy is going to be on Dynamite next week," and people are like, "Oh, that's cool." You know, I, mm-hmm. I'll check that out. But if you're just sitting there, like, you know, twiddling your thumbs, and all of a sudden Matt Hardy comes out, you're going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's him. So it's just, it makes the TV worth watching. That yeah. They have the exalted one, and they have this, uh, you know, this Jake Roberts. Jake guy, Roberts, so. yeah. yeah. Not to, again, not to spend too much more time on it, but we completely never talked about Colt Cabana debuting huh. and being True. a part of the program. I thought he was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, Look, Colt's a guy couldn't I couldn't be any happier for. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's only wish the best for someone like him. And uh, you know, I I know he's happy. And if you listened to the uh, I did uh, <laughs> Rampage Brown is that the guy's name? Yeah, or, yeah, Rampage you know, that, Brown, Art of Wrestling. Yeah, the, that episode. Uh, Colt talked about you know his feelings about his making his debut, and being able to work with people that he likes, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, couldn't be happier for the guy. It's an awesome addition. So, and he's and he gets to do gonna, all his indies. So. Yeah, he's and he's still going to be on the indies. Maybe not as many, but I'm, I'd imagine probably he'll still you know do... the ones that we can watch on YouTube regularly right. aren't allowed. Right. But yeah, you know the so, others. But yeah, happy as hell. Good for him. All right, so kind that... of eliminates any punk chances. But yeah, couldn't be happier. Well, you know, punk signed up with Fox, so uh, that was now. Ah. This is then. Let's kick off the time travel portion of the show with a trip back to February of the year 2000. And to get there, I've got four things. The four things time capsule. All right. 
Number one, on February 13th of the year 2000, the last original Peanuts comic strip appeared in newspapers one day after Charles Schultz died. The strip itself seemed like something that Schultz had maybe planned to run later that year or so. Like, it's it's Snoopy writing, and it's just a letter to the, the viewer, like, right. to the reader. And it's just talking about how, you know, it's been a dream of his to write this for so long. His family doesn't want anyone else to continue it afterward, after he's done with it. And so he's unable to continue it now. So thanks and bye. And I was just like, this feels like just the, the point of view of it felt a little weird. I was like, did he write this before he died? Or is this someone when his family members writing this? I don't know. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> like that would be pretty, <laughs> that'd be a shitty thing to do. Oh, just go in there and just like write one panel. It's fine. We'll yeah. Like, oh yeah. Charles made this. Like he knew he was dying. I don't know. It was wild. <laughs> you guys should have been there. Like Charles, I can't believe you're going to do that. And then he did oh. it. Yeah, so there you go. The the Peanuts comic strip, even though it's still running today in replays, uh, they just kind of re-throw them all up there again, but that, oh, was, yeah. that was when it started all the replays. So, number two, being February, there was tons of all-star games in the world of sports. February 6th was the NFL Pro Bowl, where the NFC beat the AFC by a score of 51-31. to Tony, can you guess who the MVP of the NFL Pro Bowl in the year 2000 was? In the year 2000, um, God, Pro Bowl 2000, so that would be the 99 season, Kurt Warner or Eddie George? It was Randy Moss of the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Damn it, I was Not so confident choice. that Not one of those guys was going to be right. Not a bad one, though. Uh, February yeah. 6th, the same day, the NHL All-Star Game took place, the 50th annual one, and that one, the world beat North America 9-4. to and the MVP was, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, Pavel Bury of the Florida Panthers. He was a right winger. Okay. So there you go. Or if his family's listening. He tried to say his name. And in February 13th, the 49th NBA All-Star Game took place. Like, all these companies, like, started their All-Star Game oh, yeah. the same year. <laughs> the NBA All-Star Game took place where the West beat the East, surprise, surprise, 137 to 127. And, Tony, can you guess who the MVPs of this game would have been? All right, 2000 All-Star Game. They're big names. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think I might be a year off. Is it Michael Jordan? No. All right, who is it? It is Tim Duncan of the San Antonio Spurs and Shaquille O'Neal of the L.A. Lakers. Wow. See, I thought, and maybe it was the year prior, but I thought Michael Jordan got like a, he made the game like as a wizard, and Uh, I could have swore he got like a, you know, lifetime achievement (laughs) MVP of the All-Star Game Award. All right, so number three, and usually this is when I kind of run through the movies, but I thought since it's February, there's all these award shows going on, so I just kind of, you know, dance across these here. So in late January, the 57th annual Golden Globes happened, because for some reason the Oscars weren't until, like, late March this year, for some reason. Um, Anyway, so the Golden Globes happened. Tony, do you know what movie won the Golden Globes Best Picture for the drama film? I could be off by a year. I'm going to say Gladiator. I think you are off by a year. American Beauty would win ah! the drama film, beating The Hurricane, The Insider, and The Talented Mr. Ripley. Uh, okay, I'm yeah, I'm off by a year. In the comedy and musical category, Toy Story two won, beating what? John, being John Malkovich, Man on the Moon, Notting Hill, and Analyze This. Listen, I like Toy Story two, <laughs> but it should not have probably beat like three of those movies in that category. Like 
Say what you want about like, like being John Malkovich is yeah. really damn good stuff. Like, Man I don't on the know. Moon, you've got Jim Carrey's performance. Jim Carrey I, did win Best Actor in Comedy. Uh, I, was like, I know, I know, nobody, I know that movie didn't make any money, but I like Man on the Moon quite a bit. So the Best Actor in the Drama went to Denzel Washington for The Hurricane. Actress went to Hilary Swank for Boys Don't Cry. And ah, then, yeah, that was big year for her. Yeah, February 9th, the 50th Berlin International Film Festival took place where Magnolia won their best mm. award. Man, I know like that style that cuz that's Paul Thomas Anderson, isn't it? I or, I'm not sure, is it? I don't know. I I love it's the same guy that made like uh what was that Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman movie, The Master? The Master? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's that same guy. I think There Will Be Blood, I think is that. I think it's that guy. I can't I'm not I'm not positive. It's, it's the not Resident Evil Thomas yes, Anderson. Yes, exactly. I'm kind of and not Wes Anderson. It's that other one. It's weird, folks. I don't know how there's so many of them. But uh, I like Magnolia. Okay. So I think some people think it's a little pretentious. It's long, but I love. I'm a sucker for those like ensemble cast. Yeah. Somehow all these people are going to be like interwoven together. You know, <laughs> in, in their wild lives. Like I know those are cliche, maybe, but I'm a sucker. So you're, for you're a Love Actually fan. Okay, maybe not quite to that <laughs> side of it. But yeah. February 12th, the 31st annual NAACP Image Awards took place where the best man won Outstanding Motion Picture. Don't remember that movie, though. I'm I'm just going to nod. February 14th, the ESPY Awards took place where Tiger Woods and Mia Hamm were awarded. Wow, that's a blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) February 23rd, the 42nd annual Grammy Awards took place where Smooth by Santana won for Mm. best... Uh, song or single of the year, and then Christina Aguilera won for the artist. Man, Smooth by Santana. Like, as dominant of a song in the history of music, man. Like, it's just amazing how much the world loved that song. And it's still like you can hear it today on mix stations all the time. Santana Uh, and Earth, Wind, and Fire are playing a concert in Indianapolis this summer, all right? So... (laughs) And I think Matchbox 20 is coming to town. Of course so it's a big, big summer coming up. Oh, goodness. And number four in the world of popular music, a country band had cracked the top of the Billboard Hot 100 charts in a song that, Jesus, it was on the charts for 31 weeks. It had just jumped to number one this week right. after being at number three the week before. Yeah. It is well, a song that I know probably the majority of people listening will have at least heard of maybe not the UK folks. I'm curious to know if this song made it its way to the UK. Cause it was a fucking cultural phenomenon in America. Yeah. This song was played at every dance everywhere. No matter what school you went to, this was on yeah. there. Yeah. I'll wait till after you play it. It's Lone about. Star amazed. When you touch me, I can feel how much you love me. It just blows me away. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So, like you're saying, first of all, like you listen to that song. I mean, it's not hard to understand 
why it was a hit. And it also has one hit wonder just dripping from it. You know what I mean? It's just one of those songs where it's like. I'm was a big, like, if they have other big hits in the country world. Because they never made it back to the mind. I don't world. think so. Nothing like Nothing like that. It's one of those songs where it's like you hear it and it's like it's it's too good. Yeah. You're it's too good and you aren't you don't you can't handle some, it, Lone Star. Some like, space alien like put perfectly right. like subtracted the way that the brain works for humans and put together this yeah. song that's gonna just be a hit with everyone. But like you said, yeah, it is This song she, and yeah. it starts with one are like the two like oh, dude. they were everywhere. I can't, I was just about to bring up, like you had mentioned this was every school dance. I was in junior high when this happened. <laughs> Also, we live in the Midwest, which means popular songs remain popular here about three or four months after oh, yeah. you folk on the coast have moved on to something else. We're still like <laughs> rocking the drops of Jupiter from train or whatever, like still. Like, um, yeah. But yeah, but Brian McKnight, back to what I was crowned king of the spring dance when I was in the eighth oh, grade. Shit. And I danced to Two Become One by Brian McKnight or how, whatever the hell it's called. Back to know? One, yeah. One, you like a dream come oh, yeah. true. Yeah, that one, and so in love with you. Just it, it, every <laughs> wedding, Jesus, it's right. all over the place. Yeah. So yeah, so that was the world of music in the year two thousand, in February of the year two thousand. But finally, that yeah. brings us to February twenty seventh of two thousand, when twelve thousand five hundred and fifty one fans packed into the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut, for a show with the tagline "Let the game begin." The road to WrestleMania continues. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be a spoiler, but, you know, it sure seems like you kind of were letting it be known, <laughs> like, what what the point of this is. So, speaking of taglines and posters, this, did you look at the graphic for this show? Like, that's the poster, just the right. Triple H, Arnold Schwarzenegger pose. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the worst, who's buying this show based off that image? Like, right. this is so dog shit. It's also got that, like, shitty, like piss yellow coloration on everything right. it looks a lot like the hard knocks crispin wad dvd that they put out uh, a right. couple years later um it also i wanted to point out that in 2000 wwe was unironically using the spongebob mocking random capitalization of words as like a cool edgy thing and it's like now it's like <laughs> it's just so looked on as like there's <laughs> <laughs> just random letters capitalized in world wrestling federation at the yeah. top well, now that we've discussed how much we hate the poster. Yeah. No, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. And the Triple H, that's just one of those, like, I've never really learned that. There's always the occasional, like, poster where it's just a dude doing, like, you know, a muscle, muscle. man competition <laughs> pose on the And you're like, I mean, I guess, you know, like, that doesn't seem to be the most creative. And then you see their T-shirt store, and you're like, oh, yeah, they're not creative at all like, when it comes <laughs> to this kind of stuff, so. So this No Way Out sold a 1.20 pay-per-view buy rate, which according to 2xzone.com translates to about 480,000 buys, which is which sounds good. way up from 1998's version, which did 189,000 buys, um, but about 110,000 short of next year's No Way Out, which did the all-time high watermark at 590,000 buys. Wow. Okay, well, that would have been the NWO no way oh, out. Oh, okay. I didn't realize Actually, that. Actually, maybe not. No, no, don't go around <laughs> that. That's before WCW closed. I'm a year off yep, again. Yep, yep, yep. So. Uh, so obviously Mania is the premiere show, but at, since this was up next, I thought I'd mention it. Mania 2000 did 824,000 buys. Dude, these are the years that, I mean, th that'll never happen again. You know, it's <laughs> yep. the, the lightning in a bottle, man, that they had between like 98 and 
you know, mid 2001 or so until they killed it with the Alliance. Like Mm -hmm. just couldn't be hotter. Absolutely. So the show begins with the classic attitude logo. And then we get the opening video about how Foley is getting his last chance to main event WrestleMania and triple H holds his ticket in his hand. And Triple H is no Cactus Jack, according to this this uh, video here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is McMahon-Helmsley-era stuff, so, you know, that's pretty much what they say goes, which was, yeah. you know, made things all that much harder as far as, you know, Mick getting this opportunity. Yeah, and um, Mick Foley said, you know, it may be my, this dream might have become a nightmare, but it's my nightmare, and I decide when I wake up. So, yep. there you go. Which I have in my notes here. Very nice Freddy Krueger quote. <laughs> I believe that's maybe from the Dream Warriors. I'm okay. not sure. Nice. So we then go to the arena where there's a hell in a cell cage hanging. The stage is made like part of a cage as well. And it's weird because all night long, wrestlers are going to some decide to walk through it and others just bypass it to get to like halfway down the ramp before that. So I don't understand why people aren't walking all the way through this thing. It just seems like you would tell everyone to do it the same. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And why wouldn't they listen? But, you know, who knows? Um, every time you say all night long from now on, I'm just going to go all night long. And every time, <laughs> every time that I, I hear those words, it's the, I just, I want to blurt that out to the masses, but yeah, Jr. welcomes us to the Hartford, which means they didn't want to travel this month. Um, along with Jerry, the King Lawler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, classic team on the commentary. What'd Three titles of- are on the line in one career. So what'd you think of his promise as this will be the most emotionally charged pay-per-view in the history of pro wrestling? I was like, Jesus, Tony Schiavone. Well, again, it's a little bit of a spoiler because what well, didn't necessarily have to be, mm-hmm. but by the end, it certainly is. So yeah, true. Um, I, mean, you're, I mean, I'll say, I mean, there are throughout the show feuds that have, you know, personal things going on, you know, much more, it seems like than what we get nowadays. So I guess, but so, no, yeah, you're right. It's it's a bit of an oversell for sure. It's not it's not quite selling us it's going to be the greatest night in the history of our sport every True. time we're on television. But, but the most emotionally charged of all time. Match number 1 though is right, right now it's an Intercontinental Championship match. At first I thought it was like a a dual belt match but apparently right. European Champion Kurt Ang Oh no, is this for the European Champion or the IC Championship? IC title. Okay, so European Champion Kurt Angle is challenging for the Intercontinental Champion from Chris Jericho. And they're going to be doing battle. Jericho comes out with China. Yes, that's right. Um, you know, this feud goes back a little bit. I mean, this is the thing about Kurt Angle at this point. This is February 2000, right? Or mm-hmm. March, whatever it is. February, yeah. Kurt, Kurt Angle debuted at the Survivor Series 1999. Yeah. He's coming off last month losing to Taz. And that's the kind of thing where you realize a loss isn't always necessarily like a problem. <laughs> because we're a month removed from him losing to Taz at the Royal Rumble, and he's the European champion coming in, and he's going to be the intercont the Euro Continental champion going out. So, yeah, what'd you think of uh, China and Jericho coming out like Hangman and uh, Omega here? They both get separate entrances as China comes out with her fireworks <laughs> cannon and everything, right. and and they're like, she's not in this match, but she's going to be hanging out ringside. Yeah, what if like when she fired the cannon off, it just went right into the uh, break the walls down. That would have been Jericho cool. was standing. Like that'd been a good way to like in court to fuse them. I know you don't like the fusion entrances, but well, you can fuse it if it's a one time like switch. But when it's the back and forth of just hard cuts, <laughs> that's when I get upset. If uh, Jericho, yeah, they just been going back and forth. Being, don't treat me like a woman, you know, and like, <laughs> um, yeah, 
no, I like it, and I like this pairing. I mean, another just one of those, like, you know, Chris Jericho pretty much has China, I would say, to thank for his success in professional wrestling, at least everything post, you know, like, 1999. Just from the standpoint, like, that if this hadn't worked, because you could say, like, this was being thrown to him maybe to, to see him fail. You know, I'm sure there were people that didn't think that this would work and, that, you know, that this would maybe be the end of that Jericho kid. That might be. And, uh, you know... This and he made he made it work. I mean, they went from being he, adversaries to being together to you know fighting, exchanging the intercontinental title back and forth. And I mean, they both and they both came away from it, you know, better off moving <laughs> yeah. forward. You know, as Jr. says, this is a relationship based on respect. And I was like, oh okay. <laughs> and Chris was so popular at this point. Oh, he's in know? full babyface mode here at this point. But they totally waited a year too late to put the belt on him. <laughs> yeah you know because by the end of 2001 yeah you know, but i mean man he is red hot in 2000 here oh yeah there's a kirk angel sign in the crowd yep um jericho gets on the mic he calls angle or angel a jackass says he's the three eyes ignorant imbecile and ignoramus and then jericho's i just have trying to get over the term bad mama jamma i was like that one didn't hold <laughs> uh, he did like it for a while though like i definitely recognized it and uh china got her entrance or whatever and then I, I, I thought she was joining the announce team and i was like no she's just gonna stand there um right. so the match gets underway quickly here after kurt comes out with chops from jericho but angle drops into a drop toe hold since jericho throats jericho's throat into the bottom rope angle then backdropped to the floor and then the corner springboard springboard drop kick sends Angle off the apron for a second time to the floor. So Jericho just kind of in control to get things started. Right. The, the, the men fight around the ring. Angle slamming Jericho into the announce table. Kurt, though, avoids Y2J, and he ran into the steel ring post. Um, Jericho is then tossed into the steps, but jumped up on them after being whipped into them and delivered a moonsault of sorts. It was more like a Pele kick, really. Um, <laughs> in back in the ring... Jericho was racked on the top rope. Angle then hits an overhead belly-to-belly suplex, covers for a two-count. Uh, Angle all over Jericho in the corner, then hits a super suplex, covers for another two. <laughs> right when that two-count happened, King tells us, China's probably outside cheating right now. And JR's like, she's had no effect on this match so far. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's just, that's the problem with King sometimes. I mean, he's just trying, he like just brings shit up that's like, you know, you're just being mean for the sake of being mean. Like, she's just standing there. <laughs> oh, so I saw a kingwack.com sign, and I was like, does that have to do with Jerry the King Lawler? And it, it, it did not. It was just someone advertising their website. Okay. You go clicking around on random websites like that, you're going to get in trouble. Well, that was um, the, the Wayback Machine that I sent you. I can't remember right. what exactly was in it, but... Um, loud angle question. sucks chance, ring out, double underhook backbreaker from Jericho to Kurt gets a two count. Kurt comes back, it's a German suplex for a two, and then the old chin lock slows things down a little bit. Oh, yeah, you got to love the chin lock. King explains that Angle probably looks at the long hair of Jericho, and that's why he hates him. He says athletes aren't supposed to look like that. If you ever want to know how old Jerry Lawler is, sometimes you just got to wait for him <laughs> to make statements like that. Like, that is the most, like, time-defining thought anyone could have about those long hairs. It's just funny because, like, his he would end up convincing like a lot of the people backstage with with WWE because like this is right around the time that guys just start getting their fucking hair chopped off here. Um, 
Pritchard at some point that came up on one of his podcasts because he talked about it being like a prop. Like Jr. admit said, like one guy, like you know, ah, damn, you know, you gotta everybody's got long hair. Maybe you ought to try. He's like, and then everybody cut their hair. It was like, well, now nobody has long hair. You know. <laughs> oh goodness. So Kurt Angle locks on like a blue justice arm bar and then transition to a traditional MMA arm bar or cross arm breaker as JR calls it. Um, but Jericho gets to the ropes to break up the pin. King calls it a cheap way out of the move and says that's a lack of integrity on Jericho's part. Angle with a beautiful Olympic slam, but Jericho is able to kick out at two angle goes and grabs the intercontinental title belt. But Tim white plays tug of war with it. This gives Jericho an opening and he locks on the walls of Jericho. And then we get an awkward spot after Angle got free using the rope break. He grabs the other belt, misses China, but then Jericho shoves both of them into the stairs and the ref tends to China's back outside as the match continues in the ring. Yeah, Jericho would attempt a lion salt, but Kurt Angle would use the title belt to block it by hitting Jericho in the face and pinning for the one, two, three, your winner and new intercontinental champion, Kurt Angle. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, Kurt Angle being kind of new here at this time. Jericho's still pretty new as well because yeah. JR calls the uh, lion salt an acai moonsault attempt. I was like, well, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, exactly. He's just so proud that he even knows acai moonsault. He's like, damn it, I just learned that one. Now they got another name for it. But, yeah, so your intercontinental champion and European, or as you called it, the Eurocontinental champion, Kurt Angle yeah. here. Yeah, which this would lead to an amazing match at WrestleMania where he would be defending both titles, where it was like pin, it was against Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho in a triple okay. threat. And like the first fall was for the European, and I think Jericho <laughs> wins that. And then the second fall is for the Intercontinental, and Benoit wins that. And so, of course, <laughs> Kurt's got a big, you know, thing to bitch about coming out of that match, you know. Nice. About. And I don't know if he gets pinned. I feel like that's also a part of it. Like he may have lost they both of them without other. even being pinned. So, nice. So a second ref ran out and he's talking to Tim White and it's White and Earl Hebner discussing the end of the match because he had tried to like get in there when White was out for a minute. Uh, China looks upset about it. Tim White looks upset at Earl Hebner. And I just have, I love that JR is calling the lion salt the Asai moon salt as well. But, but we then go backstage to Michael Coe, Michael Coe, who, Michael Cole, <laughs> who is interviewing the Dudley boys. Uh, they get upset at him saying they were never given a title shot. And then I just have my notes. Jesus, Bubba's still doing the Southern accent. You've been given a tag team title shot. What do you mean given? Dudley boys weren't given anything. We took what rightfully belongs to us. Just like we had to take our respect here in the World Wrestling Federation by throwing people through tables. And tonight, at No Way Out, we will become the new WWF Tag Team Champions. The people have already seen one title change hands tonight. The people should get ready to see another outlaws we got two words for you 3d i mean i guess maybe that's i don't know i feel like d is just a letter <laughs> and that's well yeah you're right for the most part you're right um yeah, I don't. I don't know. Obviously, you know, it was something that they ended up dropping fairly, fairly quickly with Bubba. But uh, yeah, I don't understand why that was the not, idea. What's that? Like, why? Who, after seeing him do it in ECW, was like, "Yeah, he's really good at that." Like, no, he's okay. bad at doing this. Like, let him do other stuff. I don't know. I, I think he's at least not stuttering anymore at this point. That's nice. So there's that. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. It's not good. It's but, and it's not even a good impersonation. 
No, it's not. It's a terrible accent. He's not good yeah. at doing a southern accent at all. Um, the thing I also noticed during this was the No Way Out logo this year is possibly the worst it has ever been. They made it like purposely too big for the sign they printed it on, so like everything's like going off the edge of it. Did you notice yeah. this? Yeah. It is so bad. No, yeah. Again, another one of those things where it's like, is that really what you intended, or yeah, like did it just happen? You're like, ah. Whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> well, there's two of them, so I think it was intended because there's one on the entrance and then one backstage with Michael well, Cole's I just mean like, area. but once you saw what it looked like, yeah. you know, then, you know, you still just decided that was a good idea. It looks anyway, cool. Gotta... We, don't, we don't need no margins here. Right. All right. That takes us to match number two for the WWF Tag Team Championships. It's the champions, the New Age Outlaws, the Road Dog Jesse James, and the Badass Billy Gunn taking on the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray and Devon. But apparently JR has been informed by Vince McMahon, do not call him the badass Billy Gunn. He is Mr. Ass, and that is all that you all will right. refer to him as. <laughs> oh, okay, so we already made the Mr. Ass change at this point. Well, so. we've, we've made that change, but Road Dog still calls him the badass Billy Gunn during oh, his yeah. entrance spiel. So I was just like, I don't understand who who's right here. But yeah, Road Dog in his full DX gear, he says he and Mr. Ass do it doggy style, but says not like that, not like that. And then they continue on with his usual spiel. And and as I'm watching this, I'm like, who are the like bad guys, and who are the you know like? Because DX is the problem was is like the outlaws. Even after DX weren't really baby faces anymore, they still did this, and everybody loved them. And so it was always <laughs> hard for like another tag team to be able to like be the more popular team, and you know between the two. So mm-hmm. no, and Jr. Dudley's yeah, good. the Dudleys seem to be hated by Jr. I didn't really recognize or think that they were all that bad at this point. No, it seems like they're still figuring out what they're doing with the Dudleys here at this point. Like, people don't really recognize their specialty moves and that sort of a thing. Right. Um, but, yeah, it is it is weird as far as who is the bad guys and who are the baby faces here. The Outlaws, they do. there is an Outlaws suck sign. I saw that, but most of yeah. the signs were very much in, in favor of the Outlaws. We get multiple replays of Mr. Ass hitting a fame-asser on the table. And I was like, it kind of looked pretty stupid, honestly, because they had to have Bubba stand on the table first in order to be given that move. <laughs> yeah, it's an extreme. It's extremely stupid, actually. <laughs> so the Dudleys walk in and don't go through the cage entrance. They come in from the side somewhere. I don't again, don't know why they couldn't walk through the cage while they're coming down here. Uh, but yeah. it'll be Road Dog and Bubba to get things started. Yeah, Road Dog and Bubba Ray. Dudley's getting the early advantage. With the uh, wazap headbutt to the balls from the top, which again, like you said, like it's just it just happens. Yeah, like, they don't even do cares. a was up thing at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, in comes Bubba. After that, Jr. and the King are arguing. After King asks if the Dudleys can win, I don't, I don't necessarily know. I don't remember why I made a note about that. It must have been like gotten ridiculous or something. Oh, I just have here. Jr. doesn't think the Dudleys have a good chance in this match. King finds that crazy since they are in control at the time when he says right. that. <laughs> that's yeah yeah so they're going back and forth devon's back in he's choking the road dog on the mat bubba ray tags in hits chops in the corner on road dog and chokes him with his boot um they mentioned that terry reynolds is back and uh yeah. but she's still seeing tables in her nightmares or something so yeah that king makes that reference and jr gets offended about it because he's that's the reason he doesn't like these dudleys because their their treatment of women which, yeah, they've been putting women through tables. You probably shouldn't right. like these guys. Um, That's a good point. So, yeah, he mentions that she has hired the Acolytes for protection tonight from the Dudleys. And the Dudleys are in total control here, just working over the road dog. 
Finally, here comes Billy Gunn, who apparently JR has been told to call Mr. Ass because he's just Mr. Ass running wild. Uh, and I just have Billy Gunn gets pulled to the floor and the ref just let Road Dog be the legal man for a two count all of a sudden. Like, uh, they just tagged. What are you talking? Why did you allow that pinfall account? It was weird. Yeah, who knows? I, but, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so this is kind of the end of it here. As Mr. Ass is on the floor, all of a sudden, Bubba has a lead pipe in his hands and hits him in the shoulder and then they hit the 3d on road dog and they pin him one two three your winners and new tag champs are the dudley boys it just seemed really unnecessary to hit billy gunn with that steel pipe <laughs> like it's such a vicious like thing like you didn't then you don't even pin him you know it's not even the guy that you get pinned yeah yeah he's just outside of the ring um yeah, I think if I was re- if I remember right when I was reading the Wrestling Observer Rewind, like apparently like Billy Gunn like gets legitimately injured there, like his shoulder oh. like comes out. He's gone for eight months. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, he must hate the Dudleys so much. <laughs> so yeah, we wow. Get, we, King says there's been two title changes and there's been two title matches, so that doesn't bode well for Triple H later tonight. Um, no, what? no, because that It'll logic work. never makes sense, but. No, it always makes me nervous, though. I do always think about that. I'm like, oh, well, crap. They're not going to let that belt change now. Um, oh. Great stuff from Kurt Angle throughout the night, but here he is. He's celebrating with fans in the concourse area, uh, holding his title belts. And so, dude, this is a security nightmare. Like, I don't know how they pull this <laughs> off throughout the night because people are just like around him. Like, it's, you know, yeah. whatever happens, happens. Well, the weird thing is that they're all cheering. Like, they're not like no, booing him at all, even though they would. They were during the match. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I can't believe these people aren't like throwing shit at him or like <laughs> saying nasty things yeah. to him. Like that just shows, man, loyalty of fans. See, um, yeah. like you said, they're out there cheering here, and it's at this point that Jr. tells us, "No way out" is sponsored by PhoneFree.com, which I did not remember. Apparently, this is like original Skype. They allowed you to do long distance calls over the internet from PC yeah. to PC. I looked it up and there was like a whole, like I looked them up on the Wayback machine, phonefree.com. And if you go to their site, they have like a whole news section where any news articles written about them, they've got them posted there. And so there was like one about like how this year, this is the new way that parents are going to be able to keep track of their college students across the country. They're, they can now do phone calls. And when I went to their website, one of the features that was listed was video calls. And I was like, holy shit, in 2000, they're already advertising some form of video call. Damn. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, if you're a, a starting company, WWE is your friend when it comes to sponsoring pay-per-views. Because there's a lot of those over the years where like, what's that thing? Like, ah, it existed for like three months. <laughs> WWE let it sponsor a pay-per-view. So. Karate Fighters brought to you. Yeah. Hey, um, that was an annual thing for like two years. Um, then we get the replays from the Kurt Angle match, which I only mentioned because it cracks me up because... King's like, why do you have to say it like that's what really happened, Jr. And it's like, because <laughs> Jr. just calls and King's like, why do you have to say it like that? Like that's what really happened. And Jr. just says, because it did. Nice. So then we go to footage from Heat this night, where Mark Henry and Viscera had a backstage brawl. I was like, oh okay, but they're just gonna have a match. Like it didn't affect this match. It just they were upset well, with each other earlier. Well, you got to mention the most ridiculous part of this angle is that. Monday, Viscera hit a splash on May Young, yes. who is supposed to be pregnant at the time. But has she already been sent through a table by the Dudleys? No, because I think she has the hand after that. Oh, okay, okay. No, so they torture Viscera. her for a few weeks while she's supposed to be pregnant because <laughs> it's you know WWF. It's funny, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, they say that because of the effects of, of all the events of you know this past week and then on Heat, that she will not be accompanying Mark Henry to the ring. Oh, I love yeah. Then this match, boy, we really lucked into one here. <sighs> yeah, match number three is sexual chocolate Mark Henry without Mae Young taking on trash bag Viscera, who has his full just black trash bag gear on here. Um, Jr. says it was a good thing that the pregnant seventy-seven-year-old Mae Young didn't come out here in case King was upset about it. Right, <laughs> and I'm just like, damn it, I want her to come out here. Um, yeah, May will throw down. She'll fight Viscera one-on-one. She doesn't care. Oh, yeah. JR calls Viscera one of the few men who's bigger than Mark Henry. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think also, of this look of Viscera here? No, I also loved King, uh, his medical expertise, telling us the baby is hanging on. <laughs> I'm told the baby's hanging on. <laughs> like like hanging on to like an, a ledge? <laughs> She's gonna, it's going to fall out? goodness basically yeah this entire entire pregnancy would be on would be you know hanging on a ledge oh so yeah the match gets underway here mark attacks big vis as he gets into the ring viscera fights off the first few punches and then gets a shoulder block henry with a shove viscera with a punch and jr says the world's strongest man also has the world's strongest sperm and king says that does that mean that may young has the world's strongest ovaries I was like, Jesus, guys. And uh, May remembers Eve when she was just a rib. That's how long May's been around, says King. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you can still tell Mark Henry is finding his way when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. He's mm-hmm. a little green. Um, yeah, we get spinning heel. Yeah, like you said, the strongest sperm thing. More shoulder tackles from Viscera. And then he clotheslines Henry to the outside. Viscera whips him into the steel steps. Face first. It was like, yeah. I've never seen somebody take the steps more brutally than mark henry did right there like yeah man that was kind of impressive but also dumb at the same time like don't protect yourself um viscera then props the steps up against the ring post and whips mark henry into it i'll give these guys like you know an a for effort you know they what real quick yeah so he gets whipped into it like you said right immediately viscera goes count him out yeah and the ref starts to count and like as soon as he gets to three this picks him up i was like what do you do what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> I don't know. That was well. The other problem was it's like as soon as Viscera would get back into the ring, he would have to start the count over. True. So if you want him yeah. to count Mark Henry out, you need to be in the ring before you make <laughs> that kind of request. So maybe he realized the error of his ways and just decided, oh, I'll just pick his ass up and throw him in there. <laughs> at least he cut it off at three. Then, if that's the case, yeah. Boring chants are coming out. Listen, these fans were bloodthirsty. This isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, Viscera with a Samoan drop. Um, and then I just had to note this because it blew my mind. Mick Foley is 34 years old at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I've never felt older in my life than <laughs> I do right now. He's talking about retirement, man. Good God. Anyway, here comes Mae Young because that's the real star of this storyline, folks. She's mm-hmm. pregnant and running to the ring again, which I'm just like, I know you guys don't care, but the disregard for like the safety <laughs> of this potential baby. Um yeah. Viscera hits a big slam on Mark Henry, um, but he then shoves May down. Before, though, he could splash her, Mark Henry hits a shoulder tackle, followed by the world's strongest slam for the one, two, three. Your winner, no, that was, sexual chocolate, Mark Henry. That was half of a That was a scoop slam. He did- <laughs> well, you know, listen, I mean, you got a grade on a scale when you're picking somebody up like Viscera. But, yeah, he did get the win there off of a scoop slam. Um yeah. Don't say it like 
I heard the disdain in your it was, voice. You're dude, like, when you're he like Chris that, Charlton calling a Boston Crab. It was like Goldberg winning a title, man. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, May helps Henry get to the back, which I thought was hilarious with her, like, insisting he put his arm over her shoulder <laughs> like she's going to carry him to the back. Yeah. So behind the announcers, when we go to them at ringside, there's a legalized scalping sign, which will be there a lot tonight. I don't get the joke, but, dude, it had to have been something because it is mentioned in about 50% of the reviews of the show on Cage Match about how great that joke was. And I don't really? get it. It's like there must be some context I'm missing here because otherwise it just seems random. <laughs> and you don't want to look up legalized scalping either on, like, Google. Nah. That, you're not going to come across anything good there. So, yeah, I didn't. I, I had that note here, too. I don't know what the hell it means. Like Those guys seem kind of douchey, so I assumed it was probably bad. Well, kind of, but, like, everyone around them is in total support of that sign and making sure, like, there's people that help them get it on the, right. onto the right spot behind the announcers. It's weird. Yeah, who knows? And someone gave out Matto's phone number. Right. Um, Lillian Garcia, woman of many talents, is backstage with Y2J Chris Jericho. He says, Vivian, there's no tension between him and China. Um, he tells Kirk if he keeps celebrating, he's going to stop it, and he'll never be able to run around and look like a fool again. Y2J, what happened out there? Is there any friction now between you and China? Vivian, why would there be any friction between China and I? China had nothing to do with this. What their friction is between me and Kirk Angel, the Olympic real jackass who used the belt to win the belt. That's fine. But Kirk, let me give you a little Y2J advice. It's only going to cost you a penny. If you keep celebrating tonight, if you keep making me sick, if you keep making the Jericho-holic sick, I promise you I will stop it and you will never, ever be able to run around and look like a fool again. Now that now that I'm paying attention, d- d- does he stop it at any time? Yeah, we'll, okay. get, we'll see okay. it later. We'll get, I just, I'd forgotten that at this point. I, I yeah. remember multiple celebration points, but then when I heard this promise, I was like, wait, did he even try to stop it? Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. So we go backstage now where Mr. Ass doesn't even know what happened to his shoulder. He's being checked out by the medical people. I'm like, I don't know what's happening here, but okay. But apparently um, it was okay. real, I guess. Like, so is this the end of Mr. Ass? And are we going to see the one Billy Gunn when I, he returns? I think that's probably where it goes after this, right? I, mean, I don't know. It has to be. Because he's already, he's already won and squandered away the King of the Ring thing, I think, <laughs> at this point. Oh, goodness. Well, that brings us to match number four, Tony. Match, match number four, the Hardy Boys, along with their manager, Terry, taking on Edge and Christian. So, again, two more or four more people very early in their, you know, very successful careers as this is uh, the latter match, you know, the Terry Invitational Tournament, the TIT, uh, I believe was that like No this Mercy. This is not Terry Taylor, by the way, if you're listening. No, I wish it was. No, it, <laughs> I think it was at like No Mercy 99. I can't remember. But okay. that's where they had the ladder match for the contract for Terry's, you know, managerial services. Uh, as I'll okay. put it. That's not how they put it. Yeah. So that's kind of how that, that was like the first taste of blood there. And then we're. Here we are, you know, a few months down the road, and they're meeting again, and this is all ahead of, you know, obviously a pretty important match at WrestleMania 2000. So. Definitely, and Terry is wearing a shirt that has to be super glued to her chest because otherwise, I don't know how they don't fall out. Like she, this this shirt is as small as you could possibly get. I also think that there's just there's not a lot of falling potential. Well, I think is maybe the best thing it has going for it. Well, maybe not the falling as much as the you know just the fabric. 
coming up. Like I see what you mean. The way yeah, that it's, you're right. It's not like it's not like it's hooked underneath anything right. to hold on right. to. I see. Okay. Because she's like her, the bottom half of her boobs are hanging out. That's what we're trying to describe here. Yeah. Um, well, and listen, I'll just go on the record and I'll say it. I'm a fan of under boob, and I kind of feel like it's a uh, underappreciated, <laughs> you know, uh, seduction tool. There you go. So she comes out. She hugs Jeff. Uh, the cameras, the camera guys got confused between the two teams because when the Hardys music hit, we started to get the like Edge and Christian sweeping the arena right. shot, and then like they quickly cut it away. I was like, "Oh, that wasn't supposed to happen." <laughs> and then it yeah. happens for the actual entrance. Um, yeah, so Edge and Christian still coming out of the crowd at this point. Uh, before the match can start, here come the acolytes, and we're told they're here to watch Terry's back, and they've got their Hell's Henchmen shirts on, which is, again is so it's kind of odd because this is like the return of Terry. But the Dudley boys didn't really make any threat. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like they were like, we can't wait to get our hands on Terry again and put her <laughs> through another tape. Like, it just seemed odd, like the APA being pulled into this at all, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I I felt like this was going to, I didn't think this match was going to even end. I figured that the Acolytes would just attack at some point. And right. That's how this would go. But no, that's not how it went. So, yeah, we get uh, Jeff Hardy being Jeff Hardy as he just. Misses a corkscrew moonsault and hits the mat. Just plat. <laughs> yeah, what was that? What's that called years later? The, the, uh... It was the whisper in the wind. Yeah, the whisper in the wind. Well, I don't think it was yet, but. Yeah, no. J- yeah, JR doesn't have any of those special names yet at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, he just kind of just crashed and burns. JR calls it the corkscrew moonsault, and uh, Hardy's hit the top rope leg drop and nutshot combo that they always do. And then we get the. Shirt removal pop as they both take off their shirts and the women go crazy. <laughs> like, I'm always like, Matt, you need to make sure you take your shirt off in unison with Jeff or else you're going to be really sad <laughs> about your life. And then that action by that t- part of the tag team results in this conversation between the King and Jr. You know, the least Terry could do is take her shirt off like the rest of her team. This is not shirts and skins. Oh, that's a good idea, though, isn't it? Wow. Not a bad idea. I do like Jr. Just no, well, that's not a bad that's, that's a good reaction to that. Um, and those yeah. those slaps—that was the two of them chopping the shit out of each other's oh. chest here. Yeah, I have your Christian and Matt chop the hell out of each other. Uh, Christian then drops Matt Hardy and Jeff with drop kicks. Uh, eventually, though, Christian is sent to the floor, and Hart, Jeff Hardy tosses him into the guardrail and rolls him back inside. We get poetry in motion, which again I don't believe has a name just no. yet. <laughs> uh, Jeff would cover for a two count. Slam from Jeff Hardy, followed by a springboard split leg moonsault, only manages a two count as yeah. Matt Hardy tags into the matchup. And then they start talking about the main event tonight as King calls Cactus Jack a homicidal lunatic and says the Dudleys are crazy, but Jack is even worse. Uh, Hardy wants a power bomb on Christian. No, it's a razor's edge, but Christian counters into a neckbreaker. Uh, Matt positions edge and tags in Jeff, who dives into the feet being up from Christian as he got the counter. Edge them with a hot tag, and I'm just like the fans are still warming up to all of this. Like these, the crowd yeah. is not with these two teams. Like no. they, it's clear that these guys have chemistry and they're putting on a good match, but the crowd just yeah. isn't there for this. No, it, yeah, it's just it's wild to see. But yeah, you're right. It's like I said, it's still so early on, and obviously the big breakouts coming at WrestleMania for mm-hmm. all these guys. So um, Edge is in, cleans house, spinning heel kick on Matt Hardy, who goes to the outside. Christian hits a dive to the floor. Jeff Hardy kicks out of an Edge roll up attempt. Uh, Christian tags in, lays the boots to Jeff, hits the wheelbarrow face buster. Edge tags in, we get a double team in the corner. 
Uh, Christian drop to holds edge face version of the crotch of Jeff for a two count, which I got to say, that is about as innovative as I've seen tag team right there. Like I, <laughs> I don't know how many other times I've seen someone do the drop toe hold into another man's crotch with your own partner, but I liked it. Oh yeah. That's good stuff. Ed, edge then locks on a dragon sleeper and we see the APA getting an easy payday standing on the outside of the ring looking menacing. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was weird. It's just like, are you guys going to join this, or what's happening here? Uh, I was kind of hoping that like they wouldn't do anything, and they would just leave as soon as like the match was over. That would have been awesome. Uh, Jeff dodges a drop kick. They bridge up out of the pin. We get a series of chain wrestling that ends in an edge pile driver. <laughs> and then Jeff tries a Hurricane Rana, but just slams yeah. his head on the ring, dude. Like He cracked his, the top of his noggin right as soon as he whipped around. Yeah, that was poorly done. <laughs> just <laughs> didn't go well there at all. Um, Edge, though, would hold on to the foot of Jeff Hardy to stop him. He counters the Hurricane. This is probably them redoing the spot. He counters yeah. the Hurricane into a powerbomb. Uh, Edge almost lost that because Jeff, again, just throws his body like a rag doll on everything. <laughs> and so, like, he goes up so fast on that powerbomb. Edge is like, ooh. Like backpedaling, like oh yeah. shit, you know. Like it's funny that because like you mentioned that his speed, because like my notes, because it was so fast, I have Edge counters a leapfrog with a huge power bomb on Jeff. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it was an unintentional. Like damn near, it was all. It was almost a leapfrog because Jeff jumped so high for the power bomb. Oh. Um. Yeah. Good stuff there, Christian, with a power slam after tagging in for a near fall. Um. I could hear just a a hint of boring, and yeah. I literally wanted to just find those people and kick them out immediately. Yeah. No, I was, I had that right after that big power bomb. I'm like, both men are down and almost no reaction beyond the initial shock of the power bomb. I was like, it's just come on crowd. Like get into this um, edge with a headlock. Jeff gets out. They both run off the ropes and grab each other's hair into a double slam. Christian comes in and stomps on Jeff. Matt hits the baby face top rope elbow drop. He clears Christian out. And then Jeff gets a two count on edge. But Edge keeps Jeff in and climbs the corner, hits the diving nothing as Jeff counters with a drop kick to his chest. <laughs> the diving nothing out of the air. It was funny in this match, too, because of how quickly things change with Edge and Christian kind of becoming the heels. Like, not quite mm-hmm. what they'll be in a year or so, but they, you know, they become the heels. In this match, the Hardy Boys just take the heel, at least Matt does. Like, you can see Matt almost like either accepting the role or maybe that was what they were supposed to do, but you could tell that, like, <laughs> He was at least, you know, working like, well, listen, you know, if one of us are going to be the heels, I guess it'll be us. So it's just funny okay. that Edge and Christian would obviously, you know, be the clear choice to be and the heels in this group moving forward. JR cannot keep Edge and Christian straight. He can't keep Matt and Jeff straight. I'm like, he's mislabeling these wrestlers. He's sitting right yeah. at ringside. And it's it's because he's watching these god awful shit monitors that they had in 1999 and 2000. Like, can you right. imagine those SD little monitors that you had? Like, when I started thinking yeah. about that, I'm like, nowadays, you know, you've got a screen. It's, you can, it's clear. But, like, he was probably no, – no wonder he mislabeled all these guys. And we all just – talked about him because you know he's right there why doesn't he know it's like well yeah i didn't think about that until just now you're not wrong no that probably did lead to some of it you're not wrong at all about that because otherwise uh, yeah, how are the... you mislabeling edge and christian those guys right. they got long hair but jesus they don't look anything like <laughs> no not really yeah so both men are down after the drop kick out of midair in come matt hardy and christian matt cleans house it's a swinging neck breaker on edge he then hits a sleeper hold drop for a near fall on christian which, ironically enough, would be the one Billy Gunn's finishing move. I think that's the one and only, eventually. Um, Edge was on the shoulders of Matt Hardy, 
but he victory rolls to avoid a Jeff to avoid Jeff Hardy coming off the top rope, who would in fact hit Christian with a cross body after his brother ducked, you know, and victory mm-hmm. rolled Matt Hardy. So good stuff there. These guys, like you said, very working very well together. Yeah. Matt Matt Hardy slams Christian and they went up for some Alpha Omega. And we get the, you know, the cross the ring from one side from the other, the leg drop and the splash, but again, we only get a two count as Edge breaks up the the pin. Yeah, man. And then we get the twist of fate, which JR calls another high impact move. <laughs> I was like, he doesn't know any of these moves yet. Uh, Jeff no. begins climbing the corner post. Terry gets on the apron and does like his like finger gun thing. And then suddenly just like shoves him. Forward. I was like, what was the finger gun part? Like, why did you do the weird pose? I, I think beginning? it was like, I think she was mocking him. I think it was like, uh, you know, like it was like one of those kind of deals. <laughs> so she shoves him from the top rope to the floor outside she then poses, soaking in the booze from the, the crowd, even though they're not really reacting nearly as much as I figured they would here. Um, right. But, yeah, we get a camera shot, like, literally from her belly button up her shirt. I was like, dude, just take a step back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the you know, the, the push, you know, the, the push happens, the turn of Terry. Um, but like. With the, Matt is too busy with the match to really address it. Like she looks at him and he looks at her and then like they go back to the match. Right. He's like, well, that sucks. Um, <laughs> Christian hits an unprettier one, two, three, your winners edge and Christian. Yeah. So they're yeah. And they look confused by her help as well. Yeah. Christian kind of stands up and does the whole, like, you know, what, what just happened thing. Terry runs in, she raises edges hand. He pulls away and looks confused. The announcers say, why would she kick the Hardys to the curb? And then Terry just gets on the floor and Matt goes to grab her and grabs her hair. Right. And this is when the acolytes run in. They attack the Hardys. And I just have Jesus. Farouk and Jeff can't yeah. get on the fucking same page. Jeff wants to <laughs> land on his chest. Farouk says, nah, man, a power bomb. And he tries to do it. And Jeff like flips halfway over and almost lands on the top of his head again. It is one of the most devastating moves I've ever seen. Like it is. <laughs> Ron Simmons almost killed Jeff Hardy right there. Yeah. Um, and then JR would call Terry a little bitch. Look at the smile on Terry's face and oh, look at her bounce away. Yeah, what a little bitch. <laughs> and dude, whoever was in charge of readying up, like, of editing the clips of uh, backstage Matt Cole or Michael Cole's interviews. Yeah. Didn't put any pre-roll time on it because every time that we do these like these transitions, he is yeah. already talking by the time that like the camera starts to transition. So like that was the end of that. You heard Michael Cole start coming in right as Jr. finished the word bitch. Um, yeah, but he is backstage with Edge and Christian who confirm they're okay with being heels. You know the least. Nope, wrong one. Seemed to be a fairly tainted victory. Listen, Michael, I knew we were going to win this match. I, I just knew it. But by the way, this thing could have went down. I never expected it like this. What are you talking about? All that matters is that we got the victory. You don't think the Hardy Boys would have taken that victory? You know they would have. All that matters is that we're going to WrestleMania to fight for the championships. And it's just like, oh, okay, I guess those guys are bad guys now. Well, and you can, but you can, like, Edge still doesn't quite have it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that tone isn't there. Christian, you can kind of sense is getting it a little bit quicker, it seems like. <laughs> As far as just that charisma and like you know the the swarmy kind of heel deal, definitely. And because this show is doing like the total nonstop action early days format here, we then cut directly to a big show promo, 
And guess yeah. what? After however long it's been since our last big show appearance on Super Brawl, he's still calm and composed. It's obvious that you are here tonight to get some redemption against The Rock and also to become the number one contender for the World Wrestling Federation Championship at WrestleMania. You know, tonight is about redemption. And tonight's about trying to explain. You know, last, last time on SmackDown, I showed my footage to once again to prove that I was the one that won the Royal Rumble. You know, and quite frankly, my feelings were hurt by the way the fans reacted to me in Nashville. And I'm hoping tonight, by perhaps rerunning some of that footage, Perhaps the fans here in Hartford will be able to understand, you know, where I'm coming from and why I should already be on the way to WrestleMania and I shouldn't have to be facing Rocky tonight. So if we can, can we please show the the footage again one more time? <laughs> the thing about this is, like, it's it's pretty well done from one standpoint. But the thing, like, I want the big show to be, like, big and mad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this just isn't a great way to, like, make people interested. In, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, mm-hmm. like... I don't know. There's just something like off about it, but I will say that this is one of those storylines in the history of professional wrestling where the heel couldn't be more right in yeah. his like up, his displeasure about how this is all being handled. And he gets like because I was watching the Raws and stuff leading up to this, and he gets absolutely screwed over. He has to win a match just to get into this match <laughs> to be able to earn a shot at WrestleMania. Like they made him like prove it every week oh. that he had to have he had pictures one week and triple h stuff like ah that's not really enough yeah. like he had videos like all this stuff and it was just they made him jump through all these hoops still just to only be able to fight for the chance like well the rock didn't win mm-hmm. like the rock clearly didn't win the royal rumble was that and to this day the record books show that the rock won that rumble the 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 moments of like him going to triple H and like with different levels of proof, was that all in one show or is that like each week he would go like, cause think, it was like pictures. Then he had to have video, yeah, but the video was over the, the course opposite of, side. Uh, so then it was, we need video from this side of the ring. Yeah. It was over the course of a few weeks. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah, they kind of do a quick highlight reel of that mm-hmm. during the hype video for this. But yeah, just <laughs> like you said, when you see the version that, that big show is showing, they've cropped right. it. So that way it makes it look like he's trying to be, shitty about it but it's yeah. so clear that his feet bounce off the fucking ground in that video <laughs> yeah no it couldn't almost be more clear in fact so oh. uh yeah funny stuff there poor big show just never could quite get right but man that takes us to match number five a main event in any building <laughs> match number five i thought this was a tag team match at first i was like jesus for a, a man that supposedly hates tag teams vince has booked a whole lot of them for this show but no right. it's it's Big Boss Man coming out with Prince Albert, which I am calling the the t- tag team hot action cop, uh, and it's t- he's taking on Taz here tonight. And so Taz is still in his early build here, where we're trying to get Taz over, I guess, at this point. Well, I I don't know. I think that could be like. argued with because Taz again a month ago beat the undefeated Kurt Angle at the Royal Rumble in Madison Square Garden, and here we are a month later. And he's having man. a nothing match with the big show, big <laughs> boss man. Hadn't thought about that. Hadn't thought about that. Uh, JR says, boss man wants the crowd's approval. And I'm like, what is he talking about? Um, right. We see at Heat, the episode of Heat earlier, where Prince Albert and boss man attacked someone. I was like, I don't know what that was about. Uh, but Taz also doesn't come through the cage tunnel. Uh, he just walks halfway down. It's weird. But yeah, this is like you said, this is kind of a nothing match here. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, the men fight on the outside and get in the ring. 
awkward brawling as they're obviously not on the same page. Boss mm-hmm. maybe hit a splash in the corner. Uh, Taz comes back with a clothesline followed by a half and half suplex. Taz locks on the Taz mission, but no, no. God forbid the big boss man loses clean. Albert interferes <laughs> and we get a disqualification. Good uh, God. Yeah. So Albert runs in, causes the DQ. So winner is your Taz. Uh, but he has to battle two much larger men now and we get that goddamn line. He's like a pit bull dog. I was like, gee, every time there's anybody short that's, that's a hard well, fighter. It's yeah. like a pit bull. No, you're not wrong. Yeah. Baldo bomb from Albert on Taz. Uh, bear hug, and boss man's attacking the kidneys of Taz and the nightstick. Like, this is just like a total beatdown. But then it's also one of those brawls where you're like, is Taz going to business for himself? Because, like, he kind of keeps doing the comeback thing when I feel like it needed to be over, like, three times. <laughs> so, boss man breaks the nightstick over the head of Taz after he won't quit fighting. It just mm-hmm. busts open. Uh, they continue to berate him. You stay down! You stay down! And, uh, Taz gets up again. Finally, four more referees show up along with Sergeant Slaughter, and that allows this to be cooled down a little bit. Right. But not before Albert hits a low blow stomp on Taz to try to, you know, you stay goddamn down. It just felt like they were told, like they had, like Taz, you're going to have to legitimately knock me out to keep me down. Like you just, <laughs> I was just like, why won't he just stay uh, down and end this segment? Because they just cut away by the end of it. So you yeah. might be right here. I don't know. Yeah, Kurt Angle is celebrating amongst the fans with a megaphone. I don't know where he is. It looks like he's way up top, but yeah, it's hard to say. Again, this just all blows my mind because nowadays you would not see this shit happening because <laughs> people, everybody wants to touch wrestlers. They can't help, but they <laughs> fans love the shoulders of professional wrestlers and the history. Oh, yeah. you know, watch wrestling, man. There's nothing people love more than running their fingers across the glistening shoulders of professional wrestlers. <laughs> Yeah, you also can't hear what he's saying through this megaphone at all. It's completely, no. in, you know, inaudible here. But that brings us to match number six. Yeah, well, we got the hype match. But, well, oh, yeah, match number video. six, X-Pac with Terry taking on Kane and Paul Bear taking on Kane with Paul Bear. Yeah, there's a pretty lengthy build build up to this match here. The opening, um, I love just like the first 30 seconds where we just see Kane and X-Pac being tight bros. We're tight right. bros. Kane was the fr- Kane showed emotion for the first time with X Pac. Okay, ah, okay. I don't know if you understand how important that was. Um, <laughs> I just love the way X Pac terms it with tight bros. Yeah, but eventually X Pac's just like, yeah, but I'd rather hang out with DX man. So that <laughs> yeah, right X Pac turns on him. It felt I felt so bad for Kane, man. Well, it only gets worse for Kane. God, watching the build up for this stuff, like it's so terrible. Like how mean they are to him, but like the Tory stuff, especially. Oh, everything like, goes he- bad. Yeah, once, you know, then he's got Tori, and oh man, that's nice. And here's the thing during this feud, and I don't think they really bring it up much on here, like, Kane lost a match or something, and Tori had to, like, spend a weekend with X Pac. Yeah. And it was basically insinuated that she was going to be his sex slave <laughs> over the course of a weekend. As is tradition with professional wrestling and women manager like, matches. Good but... <laughs> God. It, and then, but the worst part was, like, then after that was when the turn started to happen. Yeah. And she's like, oh no, he was a perfect gentleman. And it's like, what does that mean, though, in terms of like, you know, what I mean? like it's almost worse. Now it's almost like you've got like the Stockholm syndrome thing going on or something, you know, I hadn't thought about that element of it. But, yeah, it's always the, Weird. you know, women are evil beings. You just have to yes. activate the evilness in them because, um, yes. yeah, Tori then turns on Kane, too, after she had been stolen God. from him. Um, and instead of laughing at Kane, the announcers talk about how sympathetic Kane is. 
I was like, oh, a difference from the today's product. <laughs> right. My favorite thing is I was like, then he goes through all this shit. Like Kane is just basically being he he showed human emotion for the first time. Mm-hmm. He learned how to love by for, through X Pac, and then he gets absolutely shit on left and right over the course of the next few months. And then they're like, you know what? I don't think we've done quite enough yet. The go home SmackDown. Xbox shoots Kane in the face with a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus, yeah. man. Oh, goodness. Yeah, at some point, Paul Bearer showed up back again. Um, well, I mean, yeah, that, that was like the one good thing that happened to the guy in the whole over the whole time. Yeah, Xbox shooting the Roman candle at Kane's face. I was like, Jesus Christ, what is happening here? Um, yeah, so at one point, Kane tombstone Tori at one point as well. Triple H with his power trip said, if you can't beat me and the giant, then you can't have X-Pac at no... If you do beat him, then you can have X-Pac at no ads. So you had to beat Triple H and the giant to get okay. to this point. Um, goodness, yeah. So here we go. Here comes the match, and I just have... I actually like the Jezebel version of Tori. Like, this is a cool character, but apparently yeah, it's play, just yeah. forgotten after this storyline. Yeah, she plays a heel well. Um, yeah, she's hanging all over X-Pac as, as they come to the ring. Um, we get the footage again of the Roman candle or the flamethrower being shot at Kane's face. Uh, Kane walks like halfway down to the ring and makes the fire come out of the posts. Yeah. Like three of them. One of them doesn't fire, which always makes me nervous <laughs> that it's going to happen like so, at a bad time. It's funny now that you mentioned that the, the re- replay of the Roman candle thing or the, the flamethrower, it's a potato launcher. It's a fucking, oh, shit, bat- like really? I was looking at it. I was like, Man, that's a fucking potato. Like, he just has, like, a little latch thing that he just opens up, and then it just... <laughs> that felt so much like a potato launcher. Uh, right. So, yeah, like you said, Kane blows his pyro, so you know he's going to lose this match. Um, Kane attacks with punches to get started. We get a big backbreaker. King says he hides his face from the public. That's why he should be shunned. He hates Kane. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess. Why not, right? Um, yeah, Xbox doing pretty well. Um you know, they're up near the entranceway. He's climbing the cage set. Kane pulls him off. Pac, though, slides <laughs> off his back, pushing him into that cage wall near the entrance. Uh, we get trash can shots exchanged from the men. They fight into the crowd area. Did you, Kane see, tosses, what's that? The, did you see the fan that Kane went and made his fucking day? There is no. a guy in Kane face paint with a sign reading, I came for the big red machine. And he's oh. over on the side of that wall. Kane walks right up to him and throws X-Pac into the barricade, and then they move on. And I was just like, dude, that guy was so far away from the ring. I bet you he was just like, his night was fucking made right there. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I I didn't notice that. Um, Yeah, they eventually fight their way back to the ring. Uh, Kane tosses X-Pac over the guardrail, drops X-Pac snake eyes style across the guardrail. Um, He then has the ring steps, but X-Pac avoids them, and Kane tosses them into the ring. So, yeah, they're in play. It's 500 pound steps. Uh, JR tells oh us Tori has no morals. <laughs> I love the way he describes evil women sometimes. She's got no morals. Uh, Kane misses the steel step. Yeah, shot on Pac, then walks into a ring bell shot. Paul Bearer is physically overpowering Pac and beats on him, but Tori runs over and slaps Paul Bearer. He chases her around the ring, and then Kane and Pac are back fighting again. Yeah, inside the ring. Uh, Kane goes up top. X-Pac, though, drop kicks him, and he fell off. X-Pac with kicks in the corner, followed by the Bronco Buster. Uh, Kane, though, sits up. That Bronco Buster didn't keep him down and hits a clothesline on X-Pac. X-Pac drop kicks the knee of Kane and then kicks Kane's leg repeatedly as he tries to chop the big red machine down. Um, he works you know, X-Pac all over the leg of Kane. Um, eventually, though, Kane powers up, kicks X-Pac over the top rope from the mat, 
Like he was on the mat and even like, you know, just kicked Xbox so hard that he flew up and over. Mm-hmm. Um, they go then fighting back to the outside. Kane tosses Xbox into the guardrail, pummels him before sliding him back into the ring again. It's like, what? Why are you? Why? Stop doing that. Why do we keep <laughs> getting out of the ring for no reason? Oh. There was one point, like right around then, I think that I noticed. I and I don't notice it a lot, but I just noticed the the lifts in Kane's boots. I always forget that he's wearing like two inch heels here, man. <laughs> Those things are thick. They wanted to make yeah. him as big as possible. Um, oh yeah. So Kane hits a big choke slam to X Pac, but Tori runs in and leaps on his back. Then Kane pulls her into and hits the tombstone pile driver, and Jr. loves it. He loses his mind. He had called her Tombstone Tory earlier, and Kane thought that was so offensive. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Kane then lifts up the steps, but Pac kicks them, knocking him over, and then pins him using the steps as extra weight and wins. So your winner is X-Pac. Yeah, so in typical Vince fashion, especially when it comes to like anything that involves like lovers, <laughs> like the person that like gets shit on over the course of the TV, nothing good happens to him, and then you think, all right, well, here we go. Time for the paper, and then he yeah. loses at the pay per view. Like, all right, <laughs> it's dude, dude, it's true, and it's just gotten to the point now where, like I was saying earlier, with like the raw commentary team today would have been laughing at King or Kane during that intro video instead right. of talking about how sympathetic it is, yeah, and so exactly. it's like it's just they've just gotten even more bold about just shitting on the bat, you know, the guy that's losing his woman here. Um, <laughs> what did you think of this? What's you know what's sad about? So I was gonna ask you what you thought about the No Way Out T-shirt. Yeah. You know what's sad about that, though? Is like, that is still how they pretty much make t-shirts today. Like, if you see some of this stuff they yeah, come out with. you're not wrong. It's just, like it's every, the poster for No Way Out. Like, when they just no slap a logo on th- something. Yeah, yeah, they put the logo on it, and it's the picture of the game doing his Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, who would want this fucking t-shirt? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't have wanted it in 2000, yeah. but I want it more than anything in 2020 now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, the, the biggest disappointment for me with this podcast is that our Twitter has not caught on to the level that I can just put out the word and find someone that has one of these. I would love to see a picture of one of these today or at least right. hear someone that wore one of these around. Yeah. Oh, Somebody's got to be out there. What was that one thing that WCW was giving away? In like their dying days, was it like a a canoe or something? I feel like there was something weird we were watching, like one of their pay per views, like in two thousand. Yeah, where you could win like something just it was some weird. Yeah, they've they've yeah. had some weird ones. I just I love the idea it was like a of Hulk like Hogan something. Yeah, it was a Hogan thing. They were just putting Hulkamania on everything. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we get this video here. You know, you send in your your proof of purchase. We'll give you this game T shirt. Um, and then we go backstage where the Radicals are with Michael Cole. And yeah. they all talk about being nervous. Gentlemen, tonight marks your first pay-per-view event. Is- Did you hear that at the beginning again? JR. Yeah, you're right. It, it happens every time. Like, you couldn't have just put a second or two of pre-roll on there? Gentlemen, tonight marks your first pay-per-view event as members of the World Wrestling Federation. Are you guys uh, nervous at all? Michael Cole, does this go like four faces of nervousness to you? The only people that should be nervous this evening is two Cole and Rikishi. Because when we leave Hartford, Connecticut... The only four that are going to be wearing dancing shoes are the four radicals right in front of you. Listen to me, Michael. Do you think you could get just a little more insulting? Nervous? We're here to make a statement and nothing less. What do you think? This is prom night? All of a sudden we should be nervous? As far as I'm concerned, the only dancing that should be done is on top of a table for dollar bills. (laughs) 
Like, none of them are good at this part of wrestling. No, like, not You've got really. Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, and Perry Saturn. And it's like, Eddie's a good talker, but he's not part of this match. So he's got a different deal that they're going to talk to him about. But I was just like, those three guys, yeah, I was like, that wasn't the best promo. But it does kind of get across that, you know, they're not too worried about the match. Right. Yeah, we see footage of Rikishi squashing Eddie Guerrero. Cole asks if he'll be there to lend moral support. And uh, he says, you can call it moral support if you want, as he holds a pipe up. Dude, oh, this man. is the most gigantically thick piece of rebar I have ever seen. <laughs> it's yeah. like, why would you just, I mean, I get the idea that, you know, he he's a cheater and all this stuff. The radicals aren't good guys, but right. why would you reveal this to the Michael Cole before the match even happens? <laughs> It's a wonderful question. Yeah, it seems like now you're giving the referee something to look out for. But anyway, that takes us to match number seven. Oh, it's another tag team match player between two cool. It's a six-man tag team match this time, though. Two right. cool featuring Grandmaster Sexay and Scotty Too Hottie, along with Rikishi Fatu taking on the Radicals, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, and Chris Benoit with their buddy and moral supporter, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Um. What do you think of King mentioning that he wants to weigh one of Rikishi's butt cheeks? <laughs> <laughs> I missed that part completely. That's amazing. The best part about it is that you get one of those from JR where he goes, <laughs> weigh one of his butt cheeks. Because <laughs> <laughs> they like King is going on and on about Rikishi's butt because then he talks about oh, yeah. his butt's so big, Donald Trump wants to build a building on it. And I was like, that's a weird statement as well. Um yeah, JR says these four men turn their back and beat on Cactus Jack as he talks about the radicals. Which they did. And uh, Eddie's got the rebar out seconds into the match and sneaks in and tries to whack Rikishi with it, but he catches it and then hits Eddie's injured elbow with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hopefully he's okay. Um, yeah, anyway, so that's the uh, the end of that, running Eddie no, out. and uh, It's funny because like, I'm, I'm so used to WWE's current modern day version of heels where they're always the smarter ones and they're always the right. ones. It's like this is old school. Like The heels were dumb. They tried it too early and it, you know they didn't get it, get their way. This very yep. much feels like stuff we've seen on like AEW with MJF lately until exactly. he won the match. Right. Um, yeah, Saturn and Sex A will start things off for us here. Um Saturn with chops in the corner. Um, he then sits Brian Christopher on the top rope, but was unable to suplex him. Grandmaster would drop Saturn and hits a missile drop kick. Then an enziguri. In comes Benoit. And uh, Christopher continues his hot streak, hitting a hip toss on the Canadian Crippler. Yeah. He then, in comes Scotty to Hottie here, and uh, he knocks Scotty's hat off. And yeah. the king loses it because his, ha- his hair's still standing up. Um Two Adi flips up and Robot moonwalks into a tag of Rikishi. Rikishi gets a big, big reaction from the crowd. They oh, yeah. love fucking big Rikishi here, man. Uh-huh. He comes in, hits the big ass rub on Benoit in the corner, the stink face. And uh, King says he experienced smell-o-vision. It's like, I guess. Uh, Malenko sneak attack gets Benoit the upper hand, however, and then Benoit tags Dean in. They attack the injured ankle of Rikishi, which is bandaged up. And then right. we've got Perry and Scotty in the ring. Scotty wants the worm, but Dean just walks in and clocks him to stop it. I loved that little moment of heel psychology there. It's just like, you're going to do it. Fuck that. Bam. Right. Just cracks. No, it's, it's amazing. I was just sitting here thinking about, though, like, Rikishi is one of those people where it's like, 
it's when you're a fan of professional wrestling, things just stop seeming strange to you. But if you had to describe to someone like <laughs> what was like popular, like, oh, what what do people like about that Rikishi guy? Uh, well, he has a giant ass. <laughs> And he wears a big thong. And he wears a big thong. <laughs> and then he rubs his butthole in people's noses. And we all laugh. Like, that is literally why he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, and he dances. He dances. But yeah, no, yeah. it is it is mostly the stink face for sure. Right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny when you stop and think about those things sometimes. Well, how um, far we've come from I did it for The Rock. I did it for The Rock. He hasn't done it for The Rock yet. That's coming. Oh, it's um, still to come. Okay. Jeez. Well... I guess, yeah, he's already done it for The Rock, maybe. I don't know if it, uh, anyway, I don't think it's been revealed yet, because Austin's still gone. Okay. Um, so Benoit is in I, after Dean put it into the whisk. Yes. I'm really upset that I didn't write down the time on this, but I just have a mind, and I don't know what he said. I just have Jesus King. Gross. Oh, God. <laughs> no well, idea what he said, but apparently he says, oh, here it is. He goes, is that that something about Mary hair gel and Scotty's oh, hair? Oh, jeez. Well, yeah, you know, listen, I love that movie. <laughs> too yeah. but if anybody loves there's something about mary jerry the king lawler does not surprise me in the slightest oh i think any fairly brothers production is, yeah. is right up yeah jerry the king lawler probably likes movie 43 let's just put that out there if you want to talk about he might be in it takes. for all we know i don't remember um <laughs> so yeah so benoit takes scotty down uh, with a back suplex for a two after dean put it into the fun of the worm snap suplex from chris for another two count benoit had to drop toehold Malenko comes in and hits a drop kick. Malenko then with a double arm suplex for a two um, after Scotty Tuhati, or I'm sorry, Grandmaster Sexay broke the pin up. Mm-hmm. In comes Perry Saturn. He and Dean Malenko hit a combo backbreaker knee drop Dude. coming off the top rope, which was really cool. That was awesome. Like, Perry yeah. went way up for that knee drop, dude. That looked awesome. Yeah. And then it's time to slow things down, folks. The old chinsy lock um, from Saturn for a little while. Dean, though, would come in and beat Scotty Tuhati up. Benoit comes in as the radicals, you know, continue to make hot tags yeah. or quick tags, that is, and control the match. My notes were, were Scotty too hot in a submission hold from Saturn. He fights out with the crowd reaction, but oh no, it's just one yeah. of Stone Cold's famous hope spots because they just beat the <laughs> shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, so things huge. don't go well for Scotty too for a while here as the radicals are in full control. Some huge chops from Benoit during that moment of oh, him yeah. being in control as well. Scotty, though, counters a suplex into a cover. Malenko breaks it up again. Malenko comes back in, nice heel kick, a knee drop, and I just have Malenko is just perfect. Like everything is so oh, yeah. precise and crisp here, and you can just see the difference in like when he does things and some of the other wrestlers do things. Oh no, he is. I mean, he's absolutely one of the all-time best workers of all time. You know, he's yeah. amazing. In tags Benoit cracks the back of his head to the skull of Scotty, and both men go down in the corner. Rikishi gets a hot tag, works over all three men with punches, Irish whips, and splashes in the corners. Sexay comes in, works over Malenko with like 30 punches, and then Rikishi driver on Saturn. Sexay calls for tagging in the worm, and they do so. Uh, in runs Benoit Malenko, though. They chop block for Rikishi, but Too Cool is able to fight him off. Rikishi with a belly-to-belly for Benoit. Malenko with a third chop block to the bandaged leg of Rikishi. And then Sexay hits the hip-hop drop, leg drop. And uh, the ref doesn't see it, however, and in dives Benoit with a headbutt on the cover attempt the match breaks down we get a big double crossbody to the floor for too cool the ref says malenko and rikishi are the legal men and they get in the ring yeah it's dean malenko and rikishi uh, malenko works on that leg of rikishi uh, to no avail rikishi actually eventually catches him with a low blow followed by a rikishi driver 
We then get the bonsai drop for the one, two, three. Your winners, Too Cool and Rikishi. Yeah. So. And I don't think that the announcers at all been had been clued in on where the finish was going to be happening because they're like, as soon as he starts pulling him into the corner, they're yeah. all about the fact that he's pulling him into the radicals corner. And they're like, what's this mean for the match? And then it's just like, oh, it means nothing. It's just a corner for him to do the move out of. <laughs> it is just like, welcome to the WWF, guys. You just lost the too cool. It's like, well, you know what they and you know what they do at WrestleMania? They lose the the too cool and china I oh think. that's a bummer i i will say that's a bummer but for this match on its own i was like damn i was like this should have been like not even a big part of the show but like you've got three fantastic wrestlers in the radicals oh, yeah. going off with three guys that just are over with the crowd with everything they do yep. it made it for a really fun six-man match yeah and it's it's a and it's a solid match too i was really impressed with it so yeah uh we get the two cool dance afterwards of course king encouraging jr to join in and I loved when JR just couldn't help himself but to bring up Rikishi's hurt leg as he's out there doing like the dancing. Yeah. Like, oh, that leg look a lot better. I mean he does he doesn't seem like he's moving quite as much as he usually would, but yeah. And I also noticed this time I was like, those are like those glasses that he wears are what Hulk Hogan's been wearing to today. Like he is still yeah. wearing those sunglasses. Yeah. Um so we get the music. We cut to Kurt Angle backstage. He tries dumping. A, did you see this? He dumps a slushy on a kid's head right as we cut to it. It's amazing yeah. as they're all like cheering together. It's not mentioned. The kid just disappears into the back. But yeah, he yeah. just dumped that slushy on the kid's head. But yeah, he's still celebrating with the fans. Yeah, awesome stuff there. Um, and now we get the hype video for the uh, you know the mistreatment of the Big Show by The Rock here. <laughs> Yeah, the number one contendership match here. The Rock was labeled the winner of the Rumble. Giant says, everyone say it. He hit his feet for everyone says it. He hit his feet first. Um, he goes through multiple levels of evidence, including having the backwards hat security guys, eyewitness testimony, and, and then I mean, video footage. I love that they brought that guy into it, though. Yeah. And also at this, at some point over the course of this feud, the big show lost his hair. Yeah, for the for the first time in his yep. career. Because in the in the Rumble, he's got long hair, and then in all of this video, he's got short hair. So, because I also, I'm trying to remember. I think he was returning at the Rumble, if I remember right, too. Mm-hmm. Like he hadn't been gone a real long time. Oh, okay. But I think it it was a return of some kind, though. I could have swore. Well, we go to the the arena here for match number eight. Yeah, match number eight. For the spot at WrestleMania to fight the champion, it's the Big Show taking on The Rock. Yes. Um, so, like you said, Big Show's recently cut his hair. The fans are chanting for Rocky before his music even hits. Like, oh, yeah. Like, obviously, you know, Big Show has a claim here, and but the crowd is just completely against it because it's The Rock that he's going against, so they don't care. It is why, and this is the beginning, this is an early... You know, an early day of the reign of terror as far as Triple H goes. When you think about how freaking popular The Rock is here, maybe as popular <laughs> as anybody's been in the history of wrestling. Oh. And you know what happens at WrestleMania? Triple H retains and becomes like the first heel to ever retain the championship <laughs> in the main Mania. event at WrestleMania. God. Oh, um, well, yeah, because you're right, because I was thinking, well, Yokozuna, but no, he lost it then two seconds later. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so The Rock's entrance is just fucking electric. The fans are psyched. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got Rock-specific signs. Like, you thought there was a lot yeah. of signs in the crowd. We haven't even seen half of them until The Rock fucking came out. Yeah. Like, the Rock is crazy. one of those guys, he comes out, and he just looks more impressive than anybody you've seen on this show. 
Like yep. just head and shoulders. Like just a more impressive <laughs> presence, charisma, just everything about this man is star. You know, just oh, a complete yeah. star. So, you know, he makes his way out. The match gets underway here. Rockets in the ring and, and gets right into his face and slaps him to start the match. Uh, show uses a power advantage, but the rock with speed with a float over DDT for a quick two count. A Judas effect sends the rock to the floor and show follows. Oh, God. Him. Uh, someone has a 3D fake ass on a sign that says candy asses. Like they put a lot of effort into that one. You got to give people credit back then, man. Like. <laughs> There was time and effort put into these things. Definitely. And then show throws the rock into the crowd. Yeah. Show's just kind of pushing rock around early in this match. Um, you know, they go out, to, you know, out to the outside. He throws him into the steel post, the guardrail. Eventually rolls him back into the ring after a big old chop to the chest. Uh, rock though, turns the tide slightly with a Russian leg sweep for a near fall. Um, show though would catch rock running off the ropes in a side slam. For a two, oh. and then leave. Yes, sir. Because they were outside at ringside, I also wanted to point this out because I've been, as we've been doing this show, I've still been unable to determine when the ringside barricades went from being metal barricades to the the mall ah. play place in 2000 yeah. February. They already had those all padded play place okay. stuff, so I just wanted to point that out. You're right. Yeah, that's I, yeah, that's one thing. I'm not sure when that happens exactly. And WCW. I don't know if it ever happens. I feel like I they just always so. have the, the steel guardrails. <laughs> and now AEW is uh, just like, we like the steel guardrails. We're going to keep those. Yeah, you don't see many guys going into them, though. Um, no. we, we, he leaves the Yeah, so um, show leaves the ring, grabs a chair. JR says, that doesn't make any sense. And he's right. It is, <laughs> from a psychology standpoint, as yep. dumb a thing as he could do. Like, if you get disqualified, like, this isn't a title match. This is for a title match. Like you'll just lose and the rock will get a title match, you know? So whatever. Yeah. I love that. Like at one point the crowd's being kind of quiet and JR points out that, man, these people are just shocked that the, the big show's winning here. Yeah. Or could it be that they, I'm sorry to say it, don't give a flying fuck about the big show and they just would rather be watching the rock do anything else. Yeah. Then comes the big show sucks chant. We get a power slam by show. We go ahead with this, this chair thing. I forgot. Well, no, I mean, she, yeah, he swings a chair, rock ducks, Abner's taken out, of course, so now that's <laughs> happened. Now you could use the chair. You said, of course. I was like, my notes have, oh, of course, Earl's got to take a bump. <laughs> right. Like, show then caught rock with a big boot, signaled for the choke slam, and hit it. And a, another odd thing that happens in matches sometimes that at least doesn't make sense to me, the ref goes down and the heel deals with the disadvantage of it all. Like, I know it was kind of his fault, that the ref went down, but I just feel like it's a lot more impactful if, like, as soon as that happened, the rocket hit a rock bottom and covered the big show, and the ref hadn't been there to make, like, the whole crowd yeah. would have done the one, two, three, oh, yeah. you know. Now they're just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> well, and then the other issue here is that this is all just to further this referee and Shane McMahon storyline, because here comes Tim White. But as soon as he gets in to try to count the pin, Hebner pulls him out of the ring and starts yelling at him. And then here comes no chance in hell. Shane McMahon gets a huge fucking pop. This is the big return of Shane. Yeah. Everyone loves Shane. Everyone loves when Shane comes back. I will never understand <laughs> wrestling fans excitement at seeing the boss's son. But man, they love him. Rock hits show with the chair, then hits a rock bottom. 
the rock wants the people's elbow, but Shane cracks the rock with the steel chair is on his own. So the rock goes down show rolls over, covers the rock and big show and Shane celebrate. And, uh, after the match here, they, they win. Uh, they hug and head to the back. And JR says, wait, what's going on here? Why did Shane screw the rock? Like, I just have one like of JR. He's just, someone tell me why. Why? <laughs> That's exactly it. Man, at this point, like, how depressing does WrestleMania sound when it's, like, probably going to be the big show uh, taking Triple on, H? you know, tri- Triple H. Like, it's just, oof. No, thank you. Yeah, not at all. The Rock is left laying in the ring. We see him kind of talking shit as Shane's leaving, staring him down. We then go to the announcers at ringside, and it's at this point that the the legalized scalping guy gets like yelled at by the security guard. He comes over, and as soon as he tries to put the sign up, I see him just like reach for it real quick. And we go to replays, and so we go to the replays, and we show the graphic for the main event, and then the hype video for the main event. But I'll just go ahead and spoil. The next time we come back to the announcers. The guy has taken a piece of the torn up sign and written something else on it and is very proud Jeez. to get it back in front of the camera. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, he was relentless, you know. <laughs> yeah, like you said, we are going into the uh, hype package for Cactus Jack and Triple H. Um, it's a know, satanic, awesome stuff. I love the, the hell in the cell is satanic is what JR yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love. Yeah, I love the hype of the hell in the cell match, the con- showing the construction of it. Um you know, highlight reel again, only showing from things from the last two Hell in a Cell matches because <laughs> there had only been two at this point. Like, so that's what all the highlights come from. Oh, this yeah, third match. So Triple H told Jack that you know he can have any match he wants as long as he puts his career on the line. So that Jack says, "I want a Hell in a Cell," and he says he's going to win and go on to Mania because it's meant to be. Yeah, yeah, Hunter making made to put his career on the line, like you had mentioned. Um, Triple H wants to live in a WWE without Cactus Jack in it. Um, yeah, so they, they you know, they, For- the heat is on here. There's also kind of a storyline they don't do a great job of explaining on here, but Jack made it known, you know, that he was going to take Triple H up on top of the cage. Like he was going to, oh, okay. you know, so that's, you know, that's why there's such a point made that the door is locked and that, <laughs> you know, you can't get out of the cage or whatever. So, so, it's a good video. Like, this is good shit. They've got me excited for this match. Uh, we come back to the announcers, and that's where we get this guy with the legalized scalping sign. He now has a sign that just reads Vince Swallows. <laughs> it's okay. right between JR and the King. And, like, everyone around him is all in on it because of how overreactive the security guy was before. They're all uh-huh. so happy that this guy has his sign up. Like, they're all just laughing <laughs> and looking at him. It cracks me up. That's great. So, yeah. So, now, finally, the conclusion to our Kurt Angle saga that DP had forgotten about earlier. <laughs> yeah. He's walking, singing as he walks to his car because he's Kurt Angle and he's the best. Um, and then Jer- Chris Jericho just attacks him along with China, who's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. They toss him in the trunk of his car, close the lid, and that's leave? that. Yeah. I thought that they was a little even, weird. They don't, even, they don't even drive the car away. Like, they just leave the poor guy in there. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about that. But, yeah, so it is weird that they just leave him in there. But, yeah. I guess he got his. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess you want to put it like that. But anyway, that now takes us to our main event, match number nine. Oh, your main event of the evening, match number nine, is a Hell in the Cell match. For one fall, it's for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. It's between your champion, Triple H, along with his lady friend, Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley, taking on Cactus Jack. Yeah, that's right. So uh... Did you see... 
the very detailed and very large Ho Train application mocking Stephanie McMahon sign that was right at ringside here during this no. entrance. It is fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and find it out. Um, JR mentions that we've talked a lot about Mick's career being over, but we haven't said a thing about Triple H's title reign coming to an end, which I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys haven't really mentioned that at all, which <laughs> kind of makes sense after the results. You know what I mean? Like, you guys yeah. didn't even try to maybe convince us the other way. Oh, yep. And as the cage is being lowered, it's at this point we notice or we're shown that Triple H has had the door padlocked like seven times to keep Jack inside the cage. Yeah. And JR or the King would ask JR if he's fine seeing a Cactus Jack Big Show main event at Mania. And I'm just like. <laughs> The shade level, man. Like, you can't say that. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah, you're right. That's not that doesn't scream Hogan Warrior. No. But at the same time, they are still two of your top five people in the whole company. You yeah. Know? It's like Big Show's still not good, but you're still trying to build him right. to be something. Right. Uh, so yeah, I love though that like so the match gets underway here. They're trading punches. Jack takes control and he goes to the ringside. And like starts to like shake the door, and you just hear Stephanie yell, "There's no way out, no way out." God, <laughs> oh, man, few things that make me more angry than the voice of that woman. Oh, I thought it was you didn't like when people say the title of what they're in. It was like <laughs> it felt very much what? like when people say oh, the title no. of the movie. No, that's great. I love that's so corny <laughs> and wrestling. That's wonderful. Like. I'm mad that there wasn't like a promo right before the match where like it was said three times and Jack, there's going to be no way out. You know, like I was like, I can't, like they didn't take advantage of that. So that's unfortunate. Um, I also really like this. You know, these are just the small things kind of before things got started. Cause I love like the set, the, the way the scene is set. Oh yeah. Um, you know, JR is saying that he respects Jack as a human being. Something he can't say about triple H, uh, King telling JR savor all this. Cause it could be the last time. And I also love, and I don't think they do this anymore. I love them getting in the ring and then the cage coming down while they're standing across the ring from each other. Instead of walking into the door. Yeah, I thought that was a cool, like, you know. Definitely. Effect, so. What was it that happened fairly recently when, like, Seth Rollins was almost murdered by a cage coming down? I don't know how recent that was. (laughs) I saw that video getting shared again, too, because... I, oh, was it I shared recently? I've I've not seen it around. It just popped in my head when I was thinking about. Did it, yeah, it's funny you say that because yeah, I, they, someone like someone was sharing that. Like, remember that time Seth Rollins almost died, and then like was that cage coming down on? I I have I have no memory. You know, it was probably like a match with Dean Ambrose or oh yeah Bray Wyatt or something. I can't remember. You know, or Randy Orton or something like that. Yeah, probably. So. Oh. But no, yeah, it's like oof. Like that's why you don't. Yeah, that, don't cut that close, man, because that would crush your ass. <laughs> So Jack tries to run Triple H's head into the cage, but Triple H kind of powers out of the ordeal. Triple H is in control in the ring with repeated blows to the head, but Jack fires out of the corner with a punch and Triple H gets backdrop to the floor. Yeah, Uh, all the way to the floor. Hunter, though, blocks a chair shot from Cactus. Triple H then knocks Jack off the apron into the cage wall. Hunter then whips Cactus into the steel steps and he flips over them in that way Mick Foley does that always looks devastating because it is. Uh, you want to see devastation, the next move. Yeah, Hunter throws Jack into the steel ring post. Well, um, he pick, yeah. go ahead. No, and he picks up the, the ring steps and throws them at Cactus Jack. That was what I was talking about. Yeah. Jesus, did he just wings him at him and Jack just takes it and goes down. Like, it is rough. 
It is, yeah, ridiculously rough. Um, he puts the steps now on Cactus Jack and, and hits them with a chair. Like, he placed it over top of Jack's head so perfectly that I was like, oh, this is when Mick Foley's blading. But it's not. He's, no. he's not bleeding yet after, for a while after this, actually. It was just a weird well, spot where like, it felt so custom built to allow a guy to get at his own forehead. Yep. <laughs> it well, wasn't for that. And Well, Mick doesn't blade, though. So. Oh, okay. He's only bladed one time in his career, actually. Really? Yeah. Nice. He's he's a hard way guy. Okay. Um, well, he ends up yeah, getting he, hard way eventually, but not yeah. here. Triple H, on the other hand, is like Ric Flair, where he just, blah, 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 just slices up his forehead <laughs> as much as he wants to. Um, Jack's now back in the ring. Hunter beats him down with a chair. He drops Jack with a shot to the face for a two count. Um, we then get a DDT from Hunter on Mick for another two. Cactus, though, coming back, racks Triple H with a chair. Hits the double arm DDT, but took too long to make the cover, and Hunter kicks out at two. Yeah, JR called the low blow barbaric birth control. And uh, we get a Russian leg sweep by Jack on Triple H on the chair, but no, still he kicked out. Foley uh, sets Triple H in the chair, but Triple H counters with a drop toe hold, which sends Foley face first into the chair, of course. Uh, now Triple H sends Cactus to the floor and beats him into the cage a few times. He grabs the big steps. Triple H wants the pedigree, but Cactus counters and hits the big catapult on Triple H, sending him face first into the cage. And that's when Triple H is busted open immediately. Oh, yes, of course. You know, this is those razor sharp, you know, chain link fences everyone talks about. <laughs> those things aren't dangerous until they're like 20 years old and they're like rusty and hard. Yeah. Then it's like bad things going to come from those. Uh, yeah. Anyway, H is bleeding. Jack lays and punches like, oh, I'll make I'll open that thing up for you, pal. Um, he rubs the face of Triple H in the cage wall. That's pretty brutal. Cactus tosses Hunter into that cage. Jack then goes to the second rope, hits a cactus elbow with a chair to the floor. Good God. Like, just so brutal, especially Dude, on his body and the shape that, it's in. And that chair went almost straight into McFoley's face. Like, oh, yeah. It barely, because oh, yeah. he hit the wall of the cage as it was falling down. So, like, just right. smacked him in the face. He was going yeah. down. If anything bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to Mick Foley in these yeah. situations. That's pretty much how it goes. Yep. Um, Jack gets retaliation from earlier, picking up the steps and throwing them at Hunter this time. Dude, he but, almost murders oh, this yeah. that guy outside. Did you see the, yes. the, the oh, my God, stagehand yeah. dude? <laughs> I think, so, well, I don't think that guy should have probably been there. Someone probably no. didn't tell him to like get the hell out of the way. Yeah, because he just chucks the stairs through the cage wall. Yeah, and I it, should mention Hunter Ducks, and it doesn't hit him. Yeah, it almost goes into this guy who's, I guess, just a, a cord wrangler outside. <laughs> and then, again, Jack, and just one of those things that it's not going to make a highlight reel or impress anybody, but I can tell you probably hurt like a son of a bitch and could have gone so much worse. He just throws his body through that cage wall Yep, as it's, like, still connected to, like, some metal stuff, and it's, like, not really. I mean, I was just waiting for, like, his hair to get tangled in it or something. Like, mm -hmm. just... The risk on something little and small like that is just not worth it. Is that where his arm starts bleeding? Yeah. Because that thing, Cause that's what fucking, that makes sense. God, yeah, because he just... It's I like mean, Dusty yeah. style, but without the actual blading, like you said. Yes. <laughs> it's getting torn yeah. open. Yeah, he tears Yeah, he tears his arm open on the, on the wall, breaking through it. Tosses Hunter through the wall. It was also kind of yeah. pretty brutal. They fight on top of the announcer's table. Cactus hits a pile driver on the game. Um, and then he begins climbing to the top of the cage. It literally makes me 
still makes me like queasy <laughs> to even just consider that. Like, I'm not a big heights guy. Yeah. And I mean, these are big you know, ass cages. There, there's a point where if you get too tired, if you slip, mm-hmm. if your arm goes numb all of a sudden because you're Mick Foley and things like that could probably happen to you, yeah, you would fall and die. You know, like yeah, it's it's definitely it's not it's not without the danger here at all. The climbing is almost makes me more anxious than anything else about the cage. <laughs> I just I thought Jr. was selling it fantastic here. As oh, he's yeah. climbing up the cage, he's losing his mind. Fans are chanting, Foley, 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 as he starts climbing. Steph, though, grabs his leg and holds him down. So Jack throws Triple H into the cage and then throws the timekeeper down and grabs a two-by-four with barbed wire, which was hidden back there. And it's even got a handle attached. I was like, where did that handle come from? Why is it on there? Well, it's so that he can uh-huh. use it to climb up the side. Uh, Triple yep. H tries to run, but Foley cracks him in the head with it. It's awesome. Uh, JR says Captain Bang Bang with a shot to the face, which is a weird, uh, just not a good nickname right. for, for, for it, it, Cactus Jack. It's, it's an odd night to be creating like new nicknames also. True. Like, why, don't, why don't you just call him his normal stuff? But now because of that barbed wire threat, Triple H, in order to get away from him, begins climbing the cage, which is always a bad idea. It, Yeah. Especially if you're Mick Foley, anyway. Um, yeah, he's climbing. Um, you know, after H f- climbs to the top, Jack follows, and this was just this makes me so nervous. Like, so now H Cactus is on like the side of the cage, mm-hmm. and he's being hit with the barbed wire. Well, he, that was the one thing I didn't get. So he's got this handle that can hang on his arm, so he can climb, right. and he uses it. But then when he gets to the top, for some reason, he can't just continue climbing over the top with it hanging on his arm. He has to like throw it over the top, which then allows Triple H to get a hold of it. Like, it was weird. Okay. No, probably not the best of ideas there. You're not wrong. Um, but he eventually falls off the side of the cage through the announce table. Again, one of those, like, brutal bumps. Have you ever seen them show this clip? Yeah, no, not You know what I mean? All. Like, how does that make <laughs> you feel when you're like, you know how much that must have sucked? And Yeah. Nah. And there's, there's, like, they've still got the fucking monitors on the, the table. Oh, like, yeah. It's not like it's been prepared or anything. Like, J.R., like he does a good job of selling it here. He's like, Mick is hurt. Someone, please, somebody get out of here. He's seriously yeah. hurt. Like this is bad. And it's like, I think he cracked the back of his head on one of the monitors. Cause at this point, Jack's all cut up when yeah. he stands up. No, he's in a bad way here for sure. Um, but makes it to his feet. Like we just kind of had to sit here and wait for him to get up for this match to continue. Yeah. Come on, Mick, shake it off. Well, get up here. You big pussy. Yeah. He falls off the side of the, the cage from the top off the yeah. side and goes through a table and then the next part of the match is he's supposed to throw chairs onto the top of this goddamn cage. How? <laughs> I will give Mick Foley credit for realizing when, like, you just have to move on sometimes. Yep. Yeah, he tries three three times and then yeah. gives up. <laughs> That's because it was it was already the third time was bad enough. So yeah, he climbs to the top of the cage. And why do you need a chair? Like, just get your ass up there. Good God. Um, H hits him across the back with the barbed wire board. He poses for the crowd, who, of course, boos him heavily. Cactus, though, takes advantage of the grandstanding, kicking H between the legs. He then takes Hunter down with a punch, and Triple H falls. I'm sorry. And H falls through the cage a little bit. You yeah. can see that it, it gives it, it, it has give. Yeah, he's just like he finds a weak spot in the corner. And I was just like, oh, so this will be where he can try to climb back in. No. Yeah, but, um, no. 
Yeah, Jack suplexes Triple H on the top of the cage, which is always, you know, after what we've seen with the Undertaker thing, this yeah. is, you know, they've taught this crowd to fear every second on top mm-hmm. of this cage, and you do. Uh, we get a double arm DDT by Foley on Triple H. JR says, look at what these two men have done to their bodies. Look at what they'll go through for this title shot or this title. Uh, Jack goes and grabs the barbed wire two by four. He then lights it on fucking fire. I, where? How was this thing covered in like, how is it flammable? I don't understand how it works, but it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome nuts. stuff. Jack sets the thing on fire, hits Triple H in the face with it. He sets it down and he's going to do a, a pull over pile driver onto the flaming board until Triple H back body drops him through the cage, through the ring. Yeah. Just like a rock falls through the ring. It's It's, brutal. It's great because they did a great job of doing a lot of, you know, they apparently had people under the ring doing some movements of boards because this is obviously a crash pad that he lands on. And it's fantastic. But it's just like after what we've seen before to then play on that and use it, it's a really cool spot. But, man. It's brutal. It is. It is absolutely devastating. Um, and then I thought for sure Triple H would go climb through that weird corner hole, but yeah. he climbs down the the thing that broke off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter f- climbs down through the cage. Crowd's chanting Foley and go nuts when he gets to his feet. Uh, but Hunter would hit a pedigree, cover Cactus Jack for the one, two, three, and your winner, Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Yep, and so because of that, loser and now retired, Mick Foley. And like you said, JR says at 34 years of age, the 15-year career of Mick Foley is over. Yeah. It's it's fucking crazy, but uh, Triple H and Steph celebrate as they leave, but they leave quickly. Obviously, this is to set up, you know, some time with Mick in the crowd. Uh, We cut back to Foley, who's down in the ring. The medics want him on a backboard. He shoves him away. He's going to walk his way to the back, goddammit, and Foley rolls out of the ring as JR is putting him over, and this is some good stuff. That's one of the most respected and beloved men to ever compete in our business. And there's a lot of jerks in this business, folks. There's a lot of asses in this business, but that is one of the finest men in or out of this business I've ever known. And Mick Foley has seen his last match. Mick Foley's career is over, folks. Every person in this arena, JR, is still here and there. Everyone is standing. So yeah, there you go. no, it's uh yeah, it's 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 emotional stuff. Um it's you know certainly something that I remember very well from watching at this time. And uh you know, it's the thing that sucks though about this is that it's it doesn't even last a month. Nope. He's back you know, from like, mania. They go through all of this, man, and, <laughs> you know, just oh. due to circumstances, they pull him back in, and he honestly embarrasses himself in that match. I, say, I, th- I thought that he didn't like that match at all. Yeah, he'll talk about it. I mean, he missed, you know, he was short on, like, a cactus elbow from the apron to the announce table. It looked like he just, oh, okay, you know, because he also was out of shape, he's talking about in his book. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, he was, wasn't keeping himself ring-ready. You know, when he got that call, basically. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's unfortunate because, yeah, this is a great moment, you know, and a great way to kind of go out and end your career. But, you know, of course, that uh, wasn't allowed to be. Well, as, as JR is continuing to talk as he's going to the back, we then get this. And if the whole world doesn't deserve, you're sitting at home right now. If you're not standing up from your television, 
and give this man a standing ovation, then where's your heart? Where's your love of the game? And I ain't talking about Triple H. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I love like JR shaming you for not standing on your feet while Mick Foley walks out. If you ain't no, in your yeah, living no. room clapping, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's outstanding. It's absolutely great stuff and certainly one of the, you know, more uh, sad endings to one of these kinds of I, angles or one of these feuds. I didn't feel truly sad until Foley turned around and like looked right. at the crowd and like does oh, yeah. like this. He mouths, I'm going to miss you. Goodbye. Yeah. And then and it's just like. I was like, this is the saddest fucking pay-per-view ending I think I've ever seen. Like, I, it, it pulled me down so much that, like, I had forgotten all the fun I enjoyed about earlier parts right. of the show. Right. No, you're right. No, yeah, it's, it's definitely a big bummer. And it's, uh, you know, to this day, like I said, I hate Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. And nothing they do since this day is going to change my mind about that. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, I know it's, you know, it's wrestling and all this stuff, but in my notes here, like I was starting to get worked up here at the end, man. Like I teared up right. a little bit at the end. Oh yeah. In my notes, oh. I'm just typing my thoughts out here. I just have, I just legitimately feel bad for Mick sometimes when I see the way he right. has to get around now, the way he cared so goddamn much for all this shit. Yeah. And then we see that last shot and it's like, if you, yeah, if you don't get your feelings up with this, like, I don't know what right. you're not thinking, but the idea that just a month later they have fumbled this whole thing just right. annoys the shit out of me. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, you know, because also you think about it, you know, maybe this is all best for business, but the WrestleMania 2000 match doesn't really count. But, you know, he also, you know, just wanted to main event WrestleMania. That was something that meant a lot to him that he didn't really get to do in the way that he, you know, should have been able to. So well, there's a few people that have felt that way, and some of them do other things. And <laughs> CM well, Punk was driven away with because of that whole thing. That's, this is true. So, yeah, so overall, you know, I thought the show's mostly enjoyable. Nothing super notable other than the main event. Like, a lot of stuff's just kind of in the middle of things as they're heading towards Mania here. Um, <laughs> obviously, the return of Shane would set up their main event for WrestleMania, but with the Four Corners and Four McMahons match. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah you got to love it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, no, the ma- I, I mean, the show itself, I liked, you know, quite a bit. Um, just about, you know... Just about all the matches were at least decent, and a few, you know, stood out. They were, you know, maybe five stars, but they were. You know, There's a lot of, uh, you know, stuff worth watching on this show. So, because when Sean pointed out the Wrestling Observer Rewind recently, I'd remembered that that does exist, even though it doesn't necessarily cover a lot of the times that we have. But there was one for this, so ah. I have a little bit of information here from the Wrestling Observer Rewind. So Dave Meltzer said it was one of the best WWF pay per views in a long time, full of huh. surprises and great matches. Big Show surprisingly beat The Rock to become the number one contender for Triple H's title at WrestleMania, but Dave expects The Rock to still end up in the match somehow. He says it might become a triple threat, which is an idea that Dave doesn't seem thrilled with. And Rock says, or Triple H, or he says Rock versus Triple H is still the plan for WrestleMania, but he doesn't know how they'll get there at this point. He then says Billy Gunn actually tore his rotator cuff a few days before the show. He worked ah. the match although he didn't do much and literally couldn't use his left arm at all. And then he and Road Dog dropped the titles so that Gunn can get surgery. The match was still decent, even though Gunn was barely able to do anything. He ended up being out for the next eight months. Uh, Bob Holly also messed up his ribs right before the show, so the triple threat hardcore title match that was originally planned was scrapped from the card completely. Well, that makes sense, because I was wondering why this show was like shorter than most pay-per-views, and also <laughs> why it had an impromptu Mark Henry Viscera match. Yeah, and he also said Terry Reynolds returned, and of course she turned on the Hardys. Like, why? Of course. 
Um, so here's his thing, his thing about Mick Foley's retirement here. He says Mick Foley officially retired this week following his match with triple H at no way out. Um, and it has here in the notes, Dave usually does a big career retrospective for stars after they retire, but he thinks he should wait until a few years down the road because he thinks that Foley will be back. He has a lot more to offer the business, but he still gives him a brief recap. He says he's an overachiever in wrestling, defied the odds to become one of the top stars in the business, and even a best-selling author. He gave his body and probably his brain health to the business and achieved great success without ever developing a selfish top star attitude that so many others have. He said he went out like a pro, spending the last several months bending over backwards to try to get Triple H over. He says that uh, years from now, when Triple H is remembered as one of the top stars in the business, he'll have a lot to owe to that of Foley. He says he was probably the single biggest influence on changing the style of wrestling in the past 10 years, but it has come at a cost. And then he mentions how Terry Funk's retired and come back so many times now it's become sad. Foley has said that he won't be one of those people that retires and then comes back and promised he will never wrestle again. But Dave isn't so sure. The whole storyline about Foley's dream to main event mania leads him to believe that Foley will be back in a year or so, probably to main event next year's WrestleMania, what will probably be his, his real final match after giving him a year to rest up and get back into shape. If only that would have been the case, but instead it was just a month yeah. later. Yeah, exactly. Just a month. So would you so, like, yeah, no, that's yeah. Go ahead. Would you like to compare your star rankings here to Dave Meltzer star ratings on this show? Well, sure. So Dave Meltzer's opening ranking here for Kurt Angle versus Chris Jericho. Tony, what'd you give it? I gave that match three stars. Oh man. You and Dave right on the money. Three stars here for that opening match. All right. The Dudley Boys versus New Age Outlaws. Um, I gave this match two stars. Two stars. Dave felt a little bit better. He gave it two and a half stars for the match. Even yeah, though he just wrong. mentioned that Mr. Ass didn't do anything in the match. Uh, Mark Henry versus Viscera, Tony. Half a star. That's fair. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave it .25 stars, so a quarter of a star. Christian and Edge versus the Hardy Boys. Uh, I liked this match quite a bit. I did too. And I gave it, I'm sorry, three and a half stars. Nice. Three and a half is fair. Dave Meltzer gave it three stars. Uh, Taz versus the Big Boss Man. Dud. Right on the money. Dud. (laughs) From Dave Meltzer. X-Pac versus Kane. Um, A match better than I expected to be. Two and three quarter stars. Jesus. 2.75 stars from Dave Meltzer as well. (laughs) You guys are on the same wavelength here. Rick Kishi fought two and two cool versus the Radicals. Uh, I gave this match two and a half stars. Dave went with three stars on this one. He really likes that dancing, I think. Uh, (laughs) Damn it. Big show in The Rock. What'd you give it? I did it for The Rock. I gave it two and a quarter. That's all right. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave it 1.75, so wasn't a big fan of that one. Triple H with Stephanie McMahon versus Cactus Jack in a Hell in a Cell. Tony, what'd you rate it? Four and a half stars. Right on the money with Dave Meltzer. 4.5 stars for this main event match. And the thing I was thinking about, too, about this was... I think I actually prefer the street fight at Royal Rumble. Yeah, I could see as that. Like, as far as a match goes, not by much, but because this match is great, but I just, that street fight is pretty damn special as well. Because there's also things in that match that you'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. Thumbtacks and barbed wire and all that, nice. kind of, you know. Um, so, yeah, no, great stuff here. You know, we just went through the ratings there. Dave Meltzer gave a 3, a 2.5, a 3, a 2.75, a 3, and a 4.5 to this. Would you like to hear a comparison to the week before's WCW Super Brawl ratings? 
<laughs> We've probably reviewed it ourselves at some point. We might ahead. have, but the show started with the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea versus Lash LaRue. That got a half a star. Brian, I think we recently watched this. Go Brian Nobbs versus Bam Bam Bigelow got .25 stars. Three Count versus Norman Smiley got a star. The Wall wow. versus the Kiss Demon got minus one star. Tank Abbott versus Big Al got a quarter of a star. Big T versus Booker, without a T, got minus one star. Billy oh, yeah. Kidman versus Vampiro got two and a quarter star. The Mama Lukes versus Crowbar and David Flair got a half a star. Ric Flair versus Terry Funk was the match of the night with 2.25 stars. Hulk Hogan versus the Total Package got one star. And their main event, Sid Vicious versus Jeff Jarrett and Scott Hall, got 1.75 stars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not uh, not great going on over there, that's for sure. <laughs> and by the end of the year 2000, just because I happened to click on this, it made me laugh. I want to watch this this Nitro at some point. And yeah. from the rewind, uh, for the final rewind of the year 2000, more chaos in WCW as Kevin Nash, DDP, and Sid Vicious all walked out of Nitro and Thunder tapings during the show. All three men had key roles in the show, and their walkout forced the remainder of the live Nitro and the already booked Thunder to be changed and literally booked on the fly as the shows were taping. Needless to say, because it's WCW, there are questions over how legit it is, but Dave seems to believe it was real. I mean, yeah, and including listen, that was... a brawl between DDP and Scott Steiner backstage as well, where yeah. Scott Steiner went out, called out DDP, even though he's supposed to be talking about Ric Flair. And yeah. uh, then they fought in the backstage and apparently both men were all busted up and puffy faced I mean, by the end. I mean, that's what that's what killed WCW. You know, a lot of people like to try to point that it was. A lack of control and management. Yeah. And, you know, the inmates are in the asylum to some degree. Like, you'd like to think that, you know, your employees can have control and it can be, you know, they could not let it go to their heads and mm-hmm. abuse it. But, you know, a handful of people did. And that's all. That's really kind of what killed that company because of things like that. Yeah. You know, guys, I think they can just walk out. Could you ever? I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think, is the only person. Okay, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, and Bret Hart are the only people that have ever that have ever just walked out. But those were also yeah. extreme situations. You know, the Bret and Shawn thing happened after they got into a fight backstage, and that's when Bret pulled out a clump of Shawn's hair. Okay, and that whole thing. And then the Austin one was when he took his ball and went home and didn't yeah. want to lose to Brock Lesnar. You know, oh. but but I mean WCW, that kind of stuff happened all the time. You know, I mean yeah. there was just no respect for repercussions so, so yeah it doesn't surprise me at all not to get too much into the end of the year of 2000 with ddp but i just also thought this was funny that dave noted that nash walked out out of loyalty to ddp and i was like yeah i think he just saw a chance to get out of work in that night because <laughs> that seems to be the right. nash go-to uh yeah i'm gonna go with him i'm with him <laughs> I, I i really don't like the way you guys are treating him so and ddp yeah. apparently screamed on the way out that he's out of here fuck this place and he wouldn't return until there was a new ownership in the company um Okay. So, yeah, so the users of Cage Match, the IMDb of Pro Wrestling, currently have this No Way Out of 2000 rated a 7.52 out of 10 with 60 votes overall. Uh, WCW, WECW wrote on, in 2010, he gave it a 5 out of 10 and said, you could have gotten a lot out of the opener, but eight minutes was clearly too short. Uh, the title match was too short as well, therefore rather boring. Henry versus Viscera was expected. ENC versus Hardy's was a decent match. Taz versus Bossman, of course, not a real match. Pac and Kane was unfortunately too short, but in itself quite nice. Six-man uh, match was pretty entertaining. He said Show versus Rock was nothing special. The main event was good, exciting, and brutal. Not quite as strong as the street fight that the two had, but still a classic. All in all, the show was almost entirely disappointing. 
Y2J versus Angle, Pac versus Kane, and also Show versus Rock could all have been better. Otherwise, apart from the Hell in a Cell match, nothing particularly positive. So he was not very happy with this show. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's not like an all-time great show, but I, yeah. I just didn't really think there was anything like all that bad either. So. Now, if you want to talk about people that think it's an all-time great show, Jericho wrote in 2011, he uh-huh. gave it a 10 out of 10, saying, in my opinion, the best pay-per-view of the year and one of the best of the whole decade. They're the opener, the tag team match, Edge and Christian versus Hardy's X-Pac and Kane, the Radicals two cool match, and Rocky versus Big Show match, several remarkable matches. And then there's the main event. Next to the street fight from the previous month, the best match of the year 2000, with a shocker at the end. The legendary Cactus has to step down, and Hunter underlined his top placement once again. It's fair. And then I just I feel like some people just if if there's anything that they felt was good or great, it then turns the show to a 10 out of 10. It's like, no, make that a point that makes it a higher ranking. But you don't give a show a 10 out of 10 because one part of the show was good. Uh, no, you're Lex right. They, they love for, to do that. Lex Luger Forever, a user that we've re- mentioned multiple times on this show, in 2007 reviewed the show as a 10 out of 10. And he said the opener and the Hell in a Cell match and main event were great. The two tag team matches were also good, as was the number one contender match, exclamation point. There was also a fun six-man tag match in Mark Henry versus Viscera. What? <laughs> or he said, what was just screaming from the storyline? Top event, exclamation point. So Lex Luger Forever really liked this show. I just love it. like, and had Mark Henry and Viscera. Like, <laughs> yeah, and? Oh, so that is our thoughts and the world's thoughts on No Way Out of 2000. But Tony, we must continue on. However, being March, it, while it is a busy time for me with basketball broadcasts, it's also a busy time for you as you're about to make a road trip to the world of Florida for work. So we're yeah. actually not coming back until two weeks from now. That's right. Yeah, two weeks from tonight. We are going to review WrestleMania 30. Oh, right. You know, yeah. One of our more recent shows that we've reviewed in a while that I can think of, like as far as WWE goes. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, we've done some of the like lesser known, like the smaller pay-per-views. But as far as WrestleManias, we've really avoided anywhere after 2013 because that's when yeah. everything got really long. Um, Although 30 is not too bad. They hadn't gotten out of their minds yet. Yeah, it's not to the point of like seven hours like the years yeah. that would come after that. But they had right. they'd recently gotten rid of the, the, the restrictions of pay-per-view. So they're like, we're going the full four hours. Yeah, um, yeah it's the grand finale of the B-plus player storyline with Daniel Bryan having to defeat the world. Cena versus Wyatt at Mania for the first time, which I never thought we'd get another one of those. But apparently yeah. we are. So what a better time than now to review this WrestleMania 30. Absolutely, yeah. One that I'm really looking forward to. One of my uh, favorite moments in WrestleMania history. And I was looking at the match card and the match lengths, and just looking at that, I'm very curious to see where all this time is spent. So I'm imagining we're going to get a lot of extra filler in between everything. You know what it is. It's all that crap they put in every year where there's a host, (laughs) and there's like somebody that performs music. Is this a flow ride a year? Is this a welcome to my house year? I hope hope we get a flow ride a song on this one. All right, so that is what's coming up in two weeks. But in the meantime, if you want to keep up with us, you can do so on Facebook and Twitter. For Facebook, just search for the name of the podcast. For Twitter, you can check out at GrappleCast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Deadpool1205. You can follow me, Tony G, at BeyondSanity19. And it's time for us to say goodnight. We'll see you next week for WrestleMania, not next week, two weeks from now, WrestleMania 30, coming up. Look at the smile on Terry's face, and oh, look at her bounce away. Man, what a little bitch. Edging.
we'll talk about some things that we haven't talked about because we haven't talked about anything for two it's weeks. Been, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since I have <laughs> discussed wrestling. Um, one bit of news, and I'm going to actually maybe couple this slightly with uh, we talked about it in the dish, maybe a little more length, but um, Lance Archer signs with AEW since the last time we yeah. talked. Um, <clears throat> someone that really came on strong in the last year. You know, you discussed a lot of his really strong performances in New Japan and oh, for sure. You know, out there having main event quality matches, and then you know, obviously the recent stuff with Moxley that was you know pretty good and something that we'll probably see again in the near future. Um, but with the Jake Roberts introduction this past week on AEW, I'm glad that you linked these two when you said that. Doesn't Archer just kind of feel like that's, that's going to be the guy? Dude, that's that's who immediately I thought in like every person that I've listened to discuss any AEW stuff has not brought that up. And I'm just like, it really? seems so obvious. Like he was because even people were talking about he was supposed to debut last this week. Ah, Like everyone okay. was saying he was supposed to debut the week after Revolution. And so people were like, well, where'd he go? Like, why wasn't he there? But it's like, right. Seems like this would be a perfect time for him to be the guy that he introduces. Yeah. Like, especially when you've got a guy that talks about his murder hawk. I mean, right. Jake the Snake talking about taking you out and, yeah. and getting your share. Like, that's, yeah, that'd be awesome. Which, by the way, that Jake the Snake Roberts promo was so amazing. It was good shit. It was <laughs> like, good shit. Like, I didn't think it was going to be at first when he first started. Oh. I, was like, I was like, oh, his voice is too crackly. He's not going to be able to pull it off. But he, yeah. he got into it, man. Yeah, it was great stuff. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. You know, between that and now the, you know, and the Exalted one, I mean, AEW, um, that's a smart move as far as ratings go, too. You know what I mean? Because... Mm-hmm. They may or may not announce when you find this information out, you know. So that's just a good way to drive people to watch your television, week, your weekly television show. I hadn't thought about else, that, but yeah. Or else they'll be mad. Um, we talked a little bit, I think, already, maybe last week. Who knows about <laughs> Goldberg beating the uh, the fiend? Ugh. But coming out of that, something that I just thought was funny and it made me chuckle um, was Seth Rollins who tweeted, "I should have used the jackhammer," <laughs> and that was all it said. Nice, nice. <laughs> because man, if you're Seth Rollins, like. For all the people that are mad about it, yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. get over it. Don't get over it. You know, don't let someone tell you, though, that you have to get over it. Like, fucking Bully Ray. And oh, yeah. My ass. Like, that just <laughs> that makes me mad. You know what I mean? Like, don't tell people how they're allowed to feel about something. You know, mm-hmm. Oh, all you mocks out there, you don't understand that this is the best thing that they, you know. Okay, good for you, man. Like, just let people feel how they want to feel about it. I just hate also- when people like, start fighting about how you feel about something like just let people feel how they feel like that exact statement you just made though the all these fucking marks I, yeah. like, it just so exposes like the the just disdain that these wrestlers oh, yeah. a lot of times feel about these like the real fans the fans that watch every oh, yeah. week those are the people they don't like people that pay attention and keep yeah. track of things they want right. you to just not pay attention and wait until the big shows when they can bring in a few guys right. pop a rating and then yeah. then you can go home again they they're it's always about who the casuals want to see it's never yeah. about who's been here and cared about the storylines yeah. and the character changes well i remember we're talking about bully ray the man who once told someone Go out there and be a fan. Yeah. You know, yep. After he cornered them uncomfortably Jeez. backstage. Um. Anyway, <laughs> um. Another thing that just cracked me up this week: the Undertaker took to Twitter, DP. Really? In defense of his wife, Michelle McCool. Funny oh, thing is, yeah. is the tweet sure sounded a whole <laughs> lot more like the tone of maybe Michelle McCool in reaction to the like. I just the Undertaker isn't someone that. I don't know. It was just like too little, too late, you know, like yeah, 
hashtag, you know, like, in def- I don't know what it was. It's just like, I just can't imagine Mark Kelly's out there was like, huh? Are, are you kidding? They didn't include Michelle McCool in this article originally? Oh, this is just disgusting. I am so, going to Twitter with this. What was the article? They had, like, I think March is Women's History Month or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, I've heard about it on, like, and every so, podcast that I've listened to. <laughs> right. And so I think that they, I don't know, I think it was a, just a photo gallery or something about, uh, like, you know, okay. celebrating like that. And here's all these folks. WWE.com. Yes, on WWE.com. Okay. And I'm assuming, again, I don't know. I didn't see this shit. I don't look at that website, you know, ever. No. Um, I'm guessing she wasn't originally a part of it. Oh, Her okay. and someone else. I remember now there was another name in the tweet, too. And WWE, like, tweeted out, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then also added Michelle McCool and this <laughs> other person. And then The Undertaker responds to it with, you know, a bit of a, you know, snarky kind I of just, tone. I, I wish that, like, Vince McMahon would personally respond to him and just say, go cry into, and then just name however much he got paid for that Saudi Arabia show. Just go cry into that, that whatever million dollars. <laughs> God, for choke slamming AJ Styles. We haven't talked about that either because we don't <laughs> talk about Saudi Arabia. But let me just say, <clears throat> I wasn't thrilled about, it, you know, the situation. Like, I'm excited about the, you know, the match I think is kind of cool or whatever, but it was yeah. just you know, how they had to do it. It's like, son of a bitch. I mean, I guess AJ Styles, <laughs> if anybody can take it, AJ can take it. But I guess. It's just never great to see. You no. Know. Um, t- DP, major moves in the world of Free the Delete as the Bucks of Youth <laughs> have come to the Hardy Compound. I've only seen the still image from YouTube. Like, I've ah. not actually sat down and watched Free the Delete yet. I need to He's, check this out. So basically, all you need to know about is this part of it. Because let I don't know. I don't want to be mean. Yeah. But Rebby has been the one, like oh. you know, shooting and producing these. The quality drop is. Uh, oh, that's a, a bummer. Cliff. It's a cliff. <laughs> the Free the Delete stuff is not been. It just doesn't have that magic. You yeah. know what I mean? Whatever Borash and those guys were able to accomplish, like. But they're still okay. But anyway, um, at the end of it, Matt's like walking out towards the driveway as like a black SUV pulls in. Mm-hmm. To the doors open on either side. Out steps Matt. Out steps Nick, who says, "What's up, Matt?" And he just <laughs> says, "Oh, bucks of youth. I knew you'd come." And like that was it. <laughs> nice. So that's exciting. I, yeah. Again, what, what's cool about the Matt Hardy thing is it's like I don't know if that necessarily means he's going to AEW. Like, I yeah. mean, he probably is, and I think everything says that he is, but it's like, pff, it's Matt Hardy. Like, he's talking about, imp- you know, he's talking about impact on mm-hmm. social media. He's doing, you know, he's talking about uh, NWA power. Like, yeah, I think he may want to be a free agent, you know, or something like that. And so he may be looking for maybe the place that's going to ma- allow that to happen more frequently. Yeah. Um, and I also think he's a, just a hell of a negotiator, you know, because <laughs> right now, if you're anybody in those companies, I mean, you think Matt Hardy's going anywhere, you know, it's so. Yeah. Why not try to get him? I mean, he's, you know, he's a valuable guy. So yeah, he's not too bad. Not too bad at all. Um, yeah, the Randy Orton saga really, uh, you know, what, uh, things, things went up a tick. You might say (laughs) they got, uh, they got a little bit heated. They pulled a, they pulled a a Jericho Michaels here. They brought the lady in. They did. They didn't do the punt. I'm pretty sure like. I laughingly mentioned this happening, or maybe it was to Christian or both. I can't remember, but uh, it yeah. was short of the punt. I didn't get that. So okay. Um, but anyway, Beth Phoenix, which I mean, let's face it, last week on Raw when we saw that she was coming, it was like, oh, this is you know, 
this is going to be bad in some mm-hmm. shape or form. You know, I mean, we know Randy's wife can do the RKO as well, if you saw the video. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> maybe that was even a possibility if we weren't going to go as far as things went. Um, she gives an update on Edge. Like, not at all, actually. He pretty much interrupts her immediately. Um, you know, and Then he gives the explanation, and it's good, good heel stuff. I mean, he goes all the way back into a story about 1999 backstage in St. Louis when Edge was the only one that came up and shook my dad's hand and what that <laughs> meant to him and Edge saying maybe we'll share the ring one day. Um, and then Randy made bad life choices, DP. He went down a dark path. Oh, okay. That's what wellness we're Wellness policies and suspensions and you know, whatevers. And Edge saved his military. life. Yeah, Edge saved his life and taught him how to be a good father. Yeah, I mean, this didn't he say all this stuff like when he was talking to Edge straight up? Like, you pulled me out of the hole. Yeah, well, I don't know that he quite got into the detail. You're right. He did mention, like, yeah, it was kind of hinted at. You're right. Um, So Randy returned the favor and saved Edge's life, you know, because he knew after that reaction he got at the Rumble that Edge was going to be intoxicated with it and that he was going to wrestle full-time. And he wanted him to be able to spend time with his family. And he did it because he loves Edge and he loves his daughters. You know, and all he's just keeps grinding in about, like, how much he loves, the like, his daughters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And and then he tells Did he say Beth their names? That, what's that? Did yeah, say I their names? names. Okay. They're, like, Choir, I think, is the name of one of them or something. <laughs> What's named Lyric? I don't know about the other Lyric. one. Lyric. Okay, yeah. that's the one. That's the name. <laughs> choir? Well, oh, is that so wild of a guess when you name your kid Lyric that I would say Choir? I mean, I Choir. that's kind of a pretty name. You can't name someone after, like, a group of people. Like, you can't name, I, sw- name someone Heard. <laughs> I will name my daughter Choir. I think it's a lovely name, actually. Um, I'm going to name, yeah. my, name my daughter Gaggle. Fine. A, there you go. Multiples. Um, that's what we're naming. <laughs> Beth's not happy about being told this is her fault, and she's really not liking Orton talking about how much he loves her family. She slaps him across the face. He tosses the mic down, stood still. Asshole chants are raining down. It's a very good <laughs> moment. Um, she then kicked him, which I'm like, you know what? At that point, no, I'm just joking. But <laughs> <laughs> And then he hit an RKO. I mean, he RKO'd the hell out of her. So. Mm-hmm. Did he, stuff. Does he do the chair stuff afterwards, or is that it? Where they? Because I didn't actually see the whole he play like, out of this. He, I, just saw, like, I feel like clips. he like looks over his shoulder, and you and you kind of think, "Oh God, no!" But then he just walks away. Oh, okay. uh, Byron Saxon called him a son of a bitch, which was just kind of <laughs> funny to hear Byron be so mad. Uh, and then you know, the good guys and even Devon Dudley, in fact, all ran to the ring and checked on Beth, and that was that. Nice. Tell so. tell someone needs to tell Byron he's got to use a uh, Randy Orton. You can go straight to hell. <laughs> yeah, it's not, yeah, don't use the B word, Byron. It's so disgusting. Um, another thing on Raw that if I cared, I would have dished about it. I guess, <laughs> but I have just decided that I'm going to remove myself from caring about this because it's the only way to justify it. What is this? What now you've got my does curiosity. Eric Rowan have in the cage, DP? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Goodness. I mean, what was that? Like, Yeah. It's it's just, it's, 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 they have no care of the fact that they've built it up for so long. Like, 
Because otherwise, yeah, like it's just I don't know. Like I was telling you in the text, it's like if, if it was just any real spider, like just a tarantula, would have yes. been better than what they did. Instead, they use yes. like a Halloween store prop. God, it it was I couldn't believe my eyes. Like I was like now because now what happens? Especially when I saw the little legs do the. Oh my god! <laughs> I just I could I mean. Nothing should shock us. And it's what's funny is it's like they've almost gotten to the point where they feel like if we just throw five or six things out there every week, people will will, will manage to dodge a bullet on at least one of these bad things. <laughs> you know, because yeah. there's just a lot of things that people could be upset about right now or, you know, talking positively about just, you know, either one way or the other. There's a lot, you know, there's sure. things going on, you know. Yeah, um, but it just it just amazes me that. They started that. How many months did we run with this fucking cage? I mean, it's been at least two months. Two months. You built at for least. two months and you just threw it away for nothing. Like, yeah. even if you want to decide whatever you originally thought you were headed towards isn't good anymore, like, <sighs> do some sort of like a blow off more than just, hey, you finally asked to look. Okay, here. <laughs> no, no one had ever done that. Like, why didn't you guys yeah. just ask? Why didn't it bite like, him this time? It bit him. Like, he drew blood on him like three times. You're right, though. I mean, just get a spider. You know, yeah, it would have been stupid. It would have been the same damn yeah. thing. Well, no, I guess Black Rain had a rat, didn't he? Okay, never mind. I feel like somebody's had a spider at some point. Uh, fucking what's her name? Uh, oh, Victoria. Yeah, Victoria. There you go. That's right. Yeah, good call on that. Um, I mean, just a real spider. It, I would have at least been, well, you know, whatever. Oh, it's a tarantula. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought, I, like, okay, maybe tarantulas are, pl- are played out. I don't know if they're poisonous or not, but I was like, maybe if you got, like, a huntsman spider or something like that, like, really creepy looking. Oh, yeah, get one of those big bird spider mother. You know, if Eric Rowe yeah, was not like scared of it or whatever. Yeah, legs and shit. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I don't even want to think about it now that you're talking about it. I feel like <laughs> I got one on my back. Um, So, yeah, my God. Just, he's dead. Like, he's absolutely, I, I told you, I had cultaholic or somebody had mentioned, like, how Eric Rowan and Liv Morgan were apparently, like, two people that Vince is just like, Who? You know, like how he gets about things, but it's just like all the momentum in the world's behind something. And then it's just like, eh, yeah, I've lost interest. I mean, Liv's still there, but that whole initial dropped like so much of what they were starting with. Yeah. I mean, how she came in, you're like, what is this? What is she going to be doing? She's some, you know, seductress. You know, I don't know what's going on. And now she's just like in a feud with the riot squad. Like they never got a proper (laughs) breakup, but they've all managed to find their way back to raw and they're all in the elimination uh, chamber match which is tomorrow night by the way yeah if you can believe that like, is there three elimination chambers this year two no two? there's okay. no yeah there's a ta- they're doing a tag team and a mm-hmm. women's okay so. i thought there was two women's ones that's why i was like shit i was like oh, they're doing three i know <laughs> i thought they were going to at one point but Ugh. so anyway yeah I mean, it's just you know god i can't even believe that but anyway on the side that doesn't make us all bang our heads against the wall that NXT well, see, brand. Well, um, before you go to NXT, yeah. because you mentioned like good and bad things happening. Did you were mm-hmm. there things on Raw that you liked? Did you enjoy <laughs> some of Raw? Because like okay. I got texts well, from I mean, Sean, our, our listener and buddy, uh, yeah. about how great Raw was. Like he really enjoyed the show. Oh, and I, don't, I don't think then, that. I mean, I, yeah. like an hour later, he starts sending me quotes from Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez about this was the worst show of all time. Like the absolute worst raw. No, this no, is no. The, they're no, going I mean, down. The the ship is burning. Right. No, now, now that you mentioned that, no, I mean, I'll talk about the things that I liked. I mean, I'll, Rowan was the only thing I was really talking about that was bad necessarily. Yeah. Like, that was just that revealed. But no, I mean, uh, I think Drew looked strong laying Brock out. You know, I'm still, after... I am borderline on the, just the countdown thing. It, it, I feel like it's such a fucking 
hey man, kindergarten shit. And it is some yeah, reason dude, people love, love it. it. It's like, fuck you people for loving it. <laughs> oh, they love it. And he's going to do it forever. And he's going to be way over. Um, yeah, I thought that was good. And Drew looked strong. And, you know, that's I'm looking forward to that match. The Street Profits won the tag titles, which, you know, was a little watered down because it probably should have happened <laughs> long before now. But, hey, good for them. And it makes sense. Rollins is going to probably end up doing, like, a match with Kevin Owens. And yeah. the tag titles are kind of inconsequential. Speaking of the Street Profits winning, did you see the pictures of Bel Air and uh, Montez Ford with the belt? No. Like, there's just they just took some cute pictures with, like, her pulling oh. on it and, like, him, you know, in his, like, whatever mode of the right. private party. But the reason I bring all of that up is because this picture is where it was revealed to me that the WWE have gotten rid of snaps on their goddamn championship belts, and it's just Velcro. They just have long-ass pieces of Velcro on those belts now. Wow. That's like, sad. I hadn't realized that. Uh, I'm about to send you the picture so you can look at this, because it, it, it blew my mind that I hadn't I noticed it. That's terrible. <laughs> like, it's not idea. a big deal. It's not a huge deal. It just right. it it looks so different when you actually pay attention to it. It's like, oh shit, you're right. It doesn't have yeah. any snaps yeah. on it. They're like, hopefully people won't pay attention to it. But yeah, good for those guys winning the tag belts. I'd imagine they'll fight like AOP at, at Mania and probably two other teams because they can't help themselves at Mania from not having the multi tag matches. But yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, how about this? We had a video from Mark Wahlberg. On Raw, Mark, what, 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 Wahlberg? Well, Wal, 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 Wahlberg. Um, he should, yeah, uh, Mark Wahlberg doing press for some Netflix movie nobody cares about, so it's probably why he's doing this uh, Raw thing. Um, telling him he better he walk away, walk away, brother, let it go. You don't, you can't handle the Undertaker. So really, yeah, it was. It wasn't like he said AJ Styles by name exactly, uh -huh. but it was still like a clever way of like getting him to say something and then being able to use it, you know, to further a storyline, you know, just, there you go. I just thought it just cracked me up that Mark Wahlberg now is involved in this AJ Styles and Undertaker feud. <laughs> um, bad. I guess if we're, if we're running down and I got to talk about Riddick Moss beat Ricochet. Yeah. But, and Ricochet also just lost in two minutes to Brock. They just don't see like Ricochet feels like, like he's in that same lane of of Liv Morgan and whoever the fuck else it was you were just talking about. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, you Vince. know, hopefully they recognize the talent there. He is an absolute can't miss yeah. top guy if they don't screw it up. And maybe it's just, hey, man, we don't really have anything. You know, the, yeah. And they've not done a great job of like designing the character that he's got right, right. now. Like it's a little awkward with the whole superhero shit. Right. Like, so maybe a post mania push might be a Rick, you know, yeah. don't necessarily look at this as like, well, that's it. Ricochet's done. Like he just, <laughs> they just might, you know, be at a loss with him right now and they'll pick up after mania, hopefully. So there's a new, new thing in WWE. Instead of doing 50 50 booking, we're going to do it where one month out of the year, everyone becomes a jobber. So you get a month where you just, you lose everything and then you come back afterwards. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Asuka couldn't fight Shayna Baszler, so Kari Sane took her place in a match on Raw, which was cool. And apparently Vince hated it. I, I remember seeing some of that one, but it, yeah, everything I read online afterwards is that Vince hated that match. Well, you know, good for Vince. Um, I don't know why. but At one point, they were like talking about, you know, Shayna Baszler bit Becky Lynch on the back of the neck. And folks, this match is brought to you by Geico. Like they literally <laughs> just like went from like one into the other and cracked me up. Nice. And what I will say about Becky... I'm not loving this character. I think I'm maybe not supposed to. I don't know if this is like a, doing a like Seth a Rollins slow thing. turn into a heel thing. But I'll tell you what it is. It's Conor McGregor. 
Yeah, she's is, going yeah. full Connor McGregor is what I feel like with the character right mm-hmm. now. Because I think that there's still every year for like the last three years they've been trying to make this McGregor thing work. And <laughs> maybe this is the year that he'll walk Becky to the ring. I don't know. So they're just like, maybe if we can get it to the point where he can't, he just has to, he's like, make her look as much like it, make her do as many right. things like it. So that way people are tweeting at him and bothering yeah. him so that he just has to <laughs> say yes. But yeah, and it's just, listen, it's, it's a little obnoxious to me. No, you're not but, wrong. I mean, I saw the outfit she was wearing and that feels like it was on purpose obnoxious. So that's like you yes. said, it feels, feels like this is a not, because I, f- I don't think they did it on purpose with Seth Rollins. This feels like them now trying to take what they learned with Seth Rollins and do right. that. But. Absolutely, yeah. And then lastly on Raw, um, Humberto and Mysterio beat Andrade and Angel Garza, and that match was really, really, really good. Nice. So there you go. Those were all positive things. Yeah. <laughs> no, Raw hasn't been bad. It's just it's so long. There's always going to be bad things. Like, that's what happens. Yeah. You know? And then people just tend to kind of talk about those more than anything else because that's, you know. And I think for a lot of people that were, you know, bitching about how over the top Alvarez and and, uh, Meltzer were about that raw, I was thinking you also have to take in mind that these are guys that are constantly shitting on all of it, but also they just came off something they really, really liked with revolution and they had the Saudi Arabia thing. And then we have raw. And so there's, that's going to taint their vision of it a little bit. I feel like they're not able to disconnect that as much. Well, I think one thing I'll say about those guys is that they watch too much wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like Raw doesn't stand a chance by the, you know what I mean? By the time you're watching, because they also have to watch every second of it. You know, mm-hmm. I fast forward through shit. I don't watch and pay attention to everything. Yeah. Those guys watch it all. And so, yeah, by the time you're watching <laughs> Raw, if you'd watch Saudi Arabia and Revolution, and, you know, yeah. whatever else. Yeah, it's it's not going to be fun. <laughs> so definitely um, NXT stuff. Just quickly, Regal Rhea's fighting Charlotte. So there's going to be a ladder match at the takeover. For a uh, that will qualify, you know, that'll be a number have one we, contenders match, and they we, uh, they're gonna hold you know contest over the coming weeks to determine who qualifies for that. So yeah, yeah. big ladder match, fun at Takeover coming up. That show, it, like, was was it last week or this week that Charlotte fought Bianca Belair? It was the two weeks ago. The two weeks ago. Have we talked yeah. about that? I was going to briefly, yeah. I was going to touch on it. Because that was like, I turned on NXT and I just skipped to that match that night. <laughs> like, it was just like, that's, I was like, appointment viewing. I was like, I want to see what they yeah. do with these two. And so it was no, a little only- disappointing that it was mainly just to build further towards the the big Charlotte and Rhea storyline. But yeah, while keeping Bianca strong. Yeah, just real quickly before I, I don't want to get lost in it. Okay. Um, we also got the beginning of the Balor Walter feud. Yeah. When he. The Imperium appeared, and, you know, he got beaten up. He cut a promo, really good promo this week that I saw them post on Twitter. I don't know where, where else it was. So but is I mean, he a face now? No. Who? Balor? Who's a face? Is Balor a good guy now? No. Balor's, you know, very bad. I mean, still? Because it I felt mean, like with that, that Gargano match, they did a double switch, and it feels like by putting Walter up against him, you're just continuing that well, trend. I guess you might be right. I mean, he. I suppose he might be, like, a cool heel now. Okay. He might be, like officially a cool heel that's going to get cheered probably that's so because walter but they also love walter so i don't know it'll be interesting to see kind of <laughs> how it goes like i just walter has it so good he literally like people just love him like yeah. and he doesn't do anything to ask for it you know it doesn't, <laughs> I, I don't know it's just amazing how the he's pretty much universally accepted by, mm-hmm. the, by the wwe fans so for sure funny um 
SV- Jesus Christ. This is off the wrestling brand, but the commercial popped up. I had to make a note about it. Law & Order SVU literally promoted a hashtag Me Too marathon weekend. What does that mean? Were, where they were going to air like episodes. That, episodes? Like... Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, that's the harshest way of putting it, but yeah. Jesus. Episodes that focused on like women being victims oh. of sexual assault. I don't remember how they worded it, but it I just, just seems like I such a poor promotion. <laughs> I could not believe a meet a hashtag me too law and order SVU weekend. I it just, it's an SNL sketch. Like I can't believe that they just did yeah, that. That's ridiculous. And there's, and there's too much shit flying out of the sky every day for something like this to even be noticed by most of the world. But like, it would have been kind of happened. funny though. If like they just did it on like the day of the announcement of what's his name's like verdict. Like when, <laughs> fucking weinstein like got his verdict like they just did a 24-hour marathon uh, harvey like, weinstein SVU. weekend law and order svu <laughs> join us ice tea will be there oh jesus so you're telling anyway. me it was a rape yeah, go ahead. yeah we'll move we'll just move now to the main event of that charlotte and bianca belair uh great stuff you know this is one of those and again i'm not telling you you have to think this way but if you're out there and you feel like bianca is getting the raw end of the deal and this is you know they're at her expense, yeah, Charlotte yeah, and Rhea no. are like winning. Bianca Belair will probably be a post WrestleMania call up, and she's going to have a rocket strapped to her ass. <laughs> she like should, that's like, that's what all of this is, in my opinion. You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it just like, no. I I wasn't really that upset about all of that. It was uh, it was just the like the weird way that Rhea didn't really come to help her. <laughs> Well, hey, you know, it's not like they're great friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're more like frenemies, you know, so you got to draw the line somewhere. Okay. Um, no, it is It is one of those things where it's just clear, and that's why it's, I'm not, it's not that I'm upset about, like, the way that they're doing it. I know where they're well, going with this. Right. Vince has wanted this match. Like, this is what, you know, Triple H made it clear this was a Vince project, so it's like, of oh, course yeah. this is the way they're going to build it. Like, they're, they just got to get the focus on these two girls. That's what they're trying to do. I mean, yeah, it's listen, Vince has a type. There's no denying it. And the passion behind the Charlotte and Rhea feud is just kind of further. Can I get Alexa Bliss in there and make it a triple threat? No, Vince. Damn it. We got maybe we can get putting... maybe we can get Becky to color her hair blonde. And we can put her in the match. <laughs> can they just all have blonde hair? Um. Anyway, yeah, but Rhea did come out, but it was a terrible save because I even made notes about it. Like her music plays. She just kind of goes into like full entrance mode, and yep. in the in the ring, meanwhile, mind you, Ugh. Rick Charlotte is like wrapping Bianca's ankle in a chair and stomping on it, mm-hmm. and then putting her in the figure eight. And Rhea is still just kind of like she does the slowly, fucking stomp like, to the music. She just like <laughs> swayed to the ring, like ah, I'm coming. Don't worry. Ugh. When she yeah. did the the stomp to the music, I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> it's her brutality. All right. <laughs> What, is she not going to do the stomp? Uh, yes, because you're running out to save someone. You're not making an entrance. You didn't go to the announce <laughs> table. Like... <laughs> All right, touche, touche, touche. Um, and then, you know, this most recent week on NXT, the two ti- uh, the two cage matches were both pretty solid. Tegan knocks in Dakota Kai. Uh, Kai escaped after Tegan was, ca- was trapped by the cage door. It was all very unfortunate, very sad. Um, <laughs> full sale sucks doing a 50-50 chant when Dakota Kai is like, I'm doing everything in my power, guys, to be an uber heel. Like, can you please, just for once in your lives, just go along with how you're supposed to feel about things? Oh, goodness. Anyway, sorry. 
Um, yeah, I was disappointed. Shotzi Blackheart lost a ladder match qualifier to Chelsea Green. And the main event, we had the, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. In the main event, we had the other cage match. Uh, the Dream <laughs> lost by pushing Roddy out of the cage yeah. just so he could lock himself inside the cage with Adam Cole. Ooh. And, uh, that's where it's like it's it, that, that's why I laughed when you said the main event. Well, yeah, I guess it is because like, it's like the main event's the post match, like the stuff that happens yeah. after the match happened. That's what matters. Yeah, uh, and then just other little quick notes here. There's Killer Cross vignettes airing on NXT oh, cool. now with with the TikTok. That was the giveaway. I was kind of like, this feels Killer Crossish, and then the, I saw the TikTok appear on the screen. I was like, yeah, he <laughs> literally tweets that like every day. So. Nice. Um, and then the sit down Morrow and Gargano. If you haven't watched that, go out of your way and check it out. It was good stuff. It had a uh, mankind JR feel to it almost at mm-hmm. times because Morrow was very uncomfortable. Like, you know, Johnny <laughs> was like the doing yeah. the in his face. It was just, it was solid stuff. I thought Morrow did a good job. I thought Johnny did a good job. So it's- I'll have to check it out because, like, I was not a fan of the, the dueling via satellites that they did with Gargano and Ballard. So I was, well, I was getting was a little just, worried a about down, this. Yeah, this was a sit down in the PC. So Yeah, because then they used, like, they used it with, because, you know, obviously Morrow, of all the guys, to do the interview, if you're going to get in his face like that with the right. real life history, it's like it makes sense that he would leave the fucking set. Oh, yeah. No, it was, like I said, it was, it was Mankind JR just short of the uh, mandible claw at the end because JR didn't get up and leave. So there you go, Jim Ross. You. <laughs> You hope you learned something from watching Morrow this week on NXT. You should have just stood up and got the hell out of there. Well, it's just funny because, like, they had a good segment on NXT, and I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about the great segment that they did on AEW the same way with the sit-down with JR. Like, right. <laughs> right. But He's good at those. So, yeah, but that's uh, that was wrestling. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's right, Hulk. You can listen to the Golden Age of Grappling podcast any day of the week. But if you're looking for new episodes, you can check out our website, goldenagepodcast.com, or look for us on iTunes. New episodes releasing every Sunday night. Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again.